0: Welcome back to We Want More, the Harry Potter Methods of Rationality Analysis Podcast. I'm Stephen Zuber.
1: Brian Deakin, hi, everybody.
0: And today we have our special guest. Hi, I, we'll April. let you guys fight over. Her- <laughs>
2: <laughs> I win the fight. Nice.
3: Uh, I April am the slower wins.
0: one on the draw. I am Inyash Brodsky, Captain, Ola and Inyash pulling up Brodsky. a distant fourth place.
4: <laughs>
0: yes. Sum- yeah, sum- our Captain Inyash Brodsky. So we he talked about that just on like the Harry uh, Potter, though. <laughs> I, it's kind of surprised well, oh no actually he doesn't. He sounds a lot like Dan Carlin, the hardcore history guy.
4: <laughs> yes. that, yeah the that uh, was we, a we talked about
0: honor. it on the I think we talked about it on the retro uh, that you and I did the like the spoiler one, but how cool is that? You didn't get you know random red shirt number three. you got horror Captain.
3: I, that was pretty sweet. pretty cool. I, he even spelled your name right. Oh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, you're
1: just noticing that for the first time.
3: I, I, I mean, I would have noticed if it had been spelled wrong. It just wasn't like it blazed into my brain as this is a thing that was spelled. Right.
0: More surprisingly, yeah, I I mean, like Dan he, Carlin pronounced it correctly.
3: To, you know, he really should have misspelled it just to, uh, just to get back at me for mispronouncing his name for 120 something <laughs> chapters.
1: How are you, Wait, Dan Carlin. How are you? Producing?
3: No, 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 no. Oh, okay.
1: I'm like, how do you miss? How do you spell your name? D A N, I
0: think a, Don. Yeah, a Dan- common mispronunciation is Eliezer, but it's Eliezer. Subtle, but different.
3: Dan Carlin. I mean, I was the one who contacted him, so I was able to tell him exactly how to pronounce
0: it. You mean he didn't reach out to you? Said, "Can I please be a part of the audiobook that you're working on?" <laughs>
4: no. <laughs> <laughs> no, not,
0: not at right. all. But apparently, he was a
3: fan of Harry Potter, so that's why he was happy to jump in.
0: Perfect. Well, everybody, we are here to really just hang out and talk about the book. You guys also are the hosts of the, uh, I you know the flatteringly the flat the flattering fact that it exists the the Metamore <laughs> podcast, where yeah, once meta- every few weeks you guys get together to talk, talk about this about podcast, Ryan. which which is I find hilarious.
3: <laughs> it is an analysis podcast of an analysis podcast.
0: Wasn't there one I'm, episode or two done of that podcast as well? Yes, there was. All right, so we did go at least three levels meta, four if you include methods of rationality as meta itself.
1: It is an extreme act of faith on my part that I'm just taking your word for it that you're not talking shit about me.
4: I mean, oh, sometimes we <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: exactly <laughs> I'm like oh, it's okay. oh no, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay, because you know my my mind definitely is totally mature and you know confident about that. All right, I don't go to any kind of insecure place about that.
3: I I was really hoping that when they did the uh, more meta that they would try to psychoanalyze me, but that was not to be.
0: <laughs> you evade psychoanalysis.
3: No, I don't think that's true.
0: Well, I don't really have like an agenda of anything to talk about. We can talk about some of the things that you guys should talk Brian about on your secret podcast. We can talk <laughs> about, uh, the, the book thus far. We just finished chapter 102, caring, um, that's the one where professor Quirrell is very sick and chomping I mean, on unicorns chomping on unicorns Chomp. Uh, i don't know whatever whatever you guys are in the mood for i think that you guys are kind I'm of already crows taking the reins so
3: i'm kind of curious as to what made Brian decide to actually listen to the the podcast the audiobook thing because i know for a long time he was like i just it's so weird having me in in his They're ear really- when he knows me
1: it's still kind of – I think it was just like I was having to like do stuff around. Like I couldn't – we were coming like up near needing to broadcast and I wasn't going to have a record broadcast. Um, I wasn't going to have like enough time to read it. So I just like, okay, I uh, just played it in the kitchen while I was like cleaning something up or something. It did, And it was still kind of weird, but I think it was like I did it a couple of times. It's like it, I got a little more used to it. It's still pretty weird.
4: Nice. of uh, course. It, really,
1: like, it really is very well done.
3: Thank you. Yeah. It's, It's, I mean, no one is more weirded out by hearing their own voice than themselves. That came Mm -hmm. out wrong, but you know what I mean? So like (laughs) the the very first uh, several episodes that I was editing the podcast, it was so fucking weird to hear myself, but eventually you just get used to it.
0: Uh, I get used to hearing mine when I edit, but I was showing Rachel uh, what Brian sounds like. She's met you like once and, because we're, oh man, this, I mean, it's a total tangent, but here we are. We drove into Fort Collins on Saturday and it was like, you could see a wall of smoke as we approached the city. And it's only like 65 miles north of here, but you could see it like it was hate, like a, like a crazy thunderstorm. And as we pulled pull into it and we're like, you know, is this smoke? Like it's kind of thick and we crack, crack the window for science. And it's like, the car smelled like smoke the entire rest of the trip. Um. But why did I bring all that up? Oh,
1: I've, I've because I there so another fire over the weekend.
0: Uh, no, it just, just the wind turned and one. it's the same. Yeah, but the um, the wind or is it like changed north direction Coast? up north? No, this is the uh um uh not Canyon City uh Ca- Cameron Peak um it's still that fire. I've lost and that's yeah, hitting Fort Collins. Everything it's hitting us. But I brought that up because it made my throat all scratchy and my voice kind of like uh like. Sandier, like with a different texture, that's the only way I could think of it. And while I was trying to articulate that, I was like, you know, who that sounds like is like Brian. So I played like a minute of the, of the podcast. And so this is my very long way of saying, I don't mind listening to my voice when I edit, but something about listening to my voice with my wife in the car made me feel super self conscious. I turned it off right away.
3: So, <laughs> oh, which is, like, weird, is this what I
0: sound like? Oh my
1: God. It is totally what you sound like. our sounds like EDR. So, yeah that's what yeah it was it's, it's true so even even after getting over the like just that weird like oh my god is that w- what i sound like i keep being surprised like the my frontal lobe knows that i have a deep voice but every time i hear it i'm like really like <laughs> i guess because i'm still like an eight-year-old kid in my head that meant, that meant how much i sound like a smoker i don't smoke i really don't
3: did you ever smoke? don't sound that bad
1: But it's, yeah kind of oh uh, did i ever yeah a long time ago but it's been
3: like 10 years because you've got you don't that. Sound uh, like the, the old lady whatever. who's been smoking for her entire yeah, life. Like
1: but yeah, it's no. you yeah, there's this like. But like,
0: you sound like the Western it's actor. A bit, it's like with halfway the, to with a with morning a Scratchy voice. voice. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is a digression on voices. Um, oh, wait. No, I remember how it all came up. Anyway, what are we talking about, guys? This is going to be our fun grab bag episode. Uh, eating unicorns.
2: Eating unicorns. Delicious. Yeah. It's just unicorns. What do you think unicorns taste like?
0: They're probably gamey.
2: Gamy with, like, a hint
0: of jelly beans. Am I the only one, yeah, who thinks they taste like Starburst or something?
2: Yeah. That's, uh, yeah. <laughs> Envisioning meat that tastes like candy is very strange to me. And the blood would probably
0: yeah, just be, like, like, liquid Skittles. It'd be too sweet to be Skittles. enjoyable. It's
1: treacle. These are, these are British unicorns, so that tastes like treacle.
3: I don't know what what is treacle
1: exactly. Treacle is just when they talk about like oh, we got like like, treacle soda in there. Treacle is molasses, so that's just nasty.
3: Isn't molasses like syrup?
1: Molasses is like burnt sugar syrup, basically. Yeah.
3: Okay. So it's it's awful. All right.
1: Well, yeah, molasses is what they make rum out of. It's like that, yeah, really. But it's it's like a very specific kind of gnarly flavor. No, sorry, I don't like it.
3: I did not know that was rum what rum was made out of. I thought it was made out of sugarcane
1: uh, molasses is made out of sugarcane,
3: oh my God, <laughs> it's like yeah
1: when they're when they're boil- when they're boiling they so they just like mash up all the sugarcane and water to just kind of make really sweet gobbledygook and then they boil it to get all the water out of it to dry it out and but what's left is basically just burnt sugar water and that's molasses okay
0: sounds gross it's yeah i don't
1: not I'm not a fan
3: what so what is it that happened in this book of the Harry Potter books?
0: Um, See, the- good question. This is the shortest one. This is like I think it ends with uh Hermione's or I think it begins with the Hermione's trial and it ends Hold on, let me find No, wait. This is I've I've lost my uh my train whole book. my, my memory on this. Meaningful to me. Yeah, it's not like this one. All right, so this was Harry James Potter, Evans Verus and the last enemy. I think it is the shortest book out of all of the books. Yep. 212 pages starts at chapter 86 which i think is hypothesis testing or multiple hypothesis testing and ends with chapter 99 which is uh like 10 days later the first dead unicorn is found in the woods so it is not Uh, that much
1: this whole like quarrels dying thing isn't even part of that book
0: no i I feel like
2: it could have gone a few chapters longer and still made sense because we're heading towards the climax but we're not quite there yet
0: I feel like I could have gone to 103. Like that would yeah. have been perfect. Yeah. Well,
1: and Yudkowski didn't have any kind of concept of it being split into books as he was writing it, did he?
3: Not really, no. It was he had arcs,
1: but he wasn't thinking of, like, divvying it
3: up. Yeah, no. I think it was actually around this point that um, the book's uh, idea came into vogue. Like, because the... For the first part, it's really kind of all one melding story. But then the Azkaban arc is like a very clear arc. They're even all named the same thing. And then uh, right after that, we have the spew arc. And after that, that was when people were like, you know, divvying it up into books. And I think uh, at the end of this one is when Eliezer actually drew some lines too and said, okay, well, these are the official books as I am naming them since you guys are on this tear. And uh, so at this point... Uh, yes and no. He did pick some official names, but not all the ones that he picked stuck exactly. Uh, <laughs> there was like a minor modification to one of them, although I don't remember which one it was now.
0: Oh, I thought this was purely a fan-based like thing so they could print copies of it and it's impossible well, I mean, to print was- a 1100-page book.
3: It was kind of combined, like it was. That is what started it all. But uh, since people were drawing things in, you know, different arbitrary places, uh, Eliezer just came down and said, "All right, well, these this is where I think the books are a good place. Uh, break divisions, and here's what I think would be good names for them." Right on. And then the division stuck. Uh, the the names were you know modified a little bit by the user base.
0: I see. All right. Well, everyone knows who Inyash is. Everyone knows who me and Brian are. April. Who Are you and how'd you find the podcast? And if you want to talk about anything, or not the podcast, I don't, that, that's fine. I'm uh, at the book. Uh, how'd you find um, out about our show? Fuck all that. No, I'm at <laughs> <you know, laughs> the, the actual subject matter, English, the guess. book itself. I guess, the book yeah, itself. whatever you okay. want to talk about.
2: So, I don't remember, I guess it would have been about three years ago. I went to Lessrong. I think because I was reading about the AI box experiment or something like that, and I ended up reading the sequences, which was, like, I found interesting. I I hadn't heard of the Rationality community. I actually found the sequences first. Um, And then I read HBMOR because it was, like, one of the recommended reading things on Blesserong. Did you enjoy HBMOR? No, I hated it. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
3: <laughs> I, I guess how did it compare to the sequences would you Hmm. Uh,
2: I mean I think it doubles yeah like I, the
1: sequences is not a story right it's like just essays you know?
2: yeah
0: Yeah, yeah. so Brian when you're worried about insulting our holy text this isn't it the sequences are the holy text sequences the holy text this, <laughs> yeah. is, like the, this, is,
1: this like is the, the Sil- New Sil-
2: Testament this, this is the Silmarillion of <laughs> the New National Testament, Testament.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one April I don't think uh, I came up
2: with that. I'm not sure who did.
0: Well, you gave it to me. No, so no, no, I'm no, giving no, you the, credit. It's,
1: it's it's the Book of Mormon. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so,
3: April, I know you started the whole Metamore thing, but I I don't entirely remember
2: how that happened. Do you do you recall this? I think I don't remember I almost do. the exact conversation, but I was basically just like, what if someone made an analysis podcast of We Want More and then you DM'd me saying let's do that. And then we actually did for some reason. <laughs> I, I think it was actually, it probably
1: action. wouldn't have been as interesting except that I keep like infuriating you guys. So you like you, <laughs> know, like, you didn't have like the rebuttal episode.
0: I think it was uh more like public than that. I remember this being, this being talked about in one of the channels. Yeah, I remember it and But I- then I think, you know, she even said, hell I'm game. If you are. And um, it was just, that's how it was incepted. Uh, I, yeah, think, I think
2: I asked if anyone wanted to record it with me or something.
3: Yeah. I'm pretty sure it did start when we were particularly incensed with something that Brian had said. <laughs> <laughs> probably Although I
1: probably something about, like, oh, Harry's being a
3: dick. <laughs> and that wasn't, yes. that was that wasn't my motivation. I just thought it was, a, thought it was a funny idea. Yeah. it was. It was somewhere in the 30s, right?
2: Yeah. 30s. I Sounds think. about think, right. I guess that would be, what like before the like or around this time the like, uh, battle, um, class. Yeah, what the heck is it I guess it's called? Battle the the battle. I don't know.
0: The the after school, uh, or the extracurricular activity battle. Uh,
1: maybe maybe it's the whole S and M thing. I, got you
2: <laughs> I think I think it was a bit after that.
1: Which is funny now, like being further in, like the SM things is like even it's way less of a, like a pedophile thing; it's like just a masturbation thing. <laughs> <laughs>
3: because you're still very convinced they're the same person.
1: Yeah, like how I, there's only so many chapters left, but
3: yeah,
2: okay, yeah. I mean, yeah, still. Don't know. This is I the mean, last extra episode. If you want to get in any big predictions,
1: big predictions. Uh, you know, well, I guess the only thing I was think, I was thinking today, like, so because I I. Planning my flag pretty solidly around, like, oh, this is not the last of Hermione, but we should be see. It's like we're like not at all paying attention to Hermione, and there is only what like twenty something chapters left. So, yeah, I don't know. I am going to be pissed I am be pissed. That's the case, but it seems like she just sort of like like just poofed out of existence, like without enough fanfare. That's kind of that's almost entirely what I am basing it on. But, but we should be like it's not enough of a thing right now for her to be coming back sometime in the next 20 chapters. So I don't know what's going on. With
0: that. See, I think that's part of the, like in, in one way, that's sort of what death is like. Like there isn't fanfare. There isn't time. Yeah. There isn't uh, a nice yeah, exit. It time. just, it, if you're, if you're killed suddenly, it's just, you know, that's it. Right. Um, yeah. I uh, let's see. Oh, I was going to ask April. Uh, oh no. yeah. Go ahead. Oh, no, no, no. I feel We're still on this. Yeah.
1: Um. How do, well, that's the thing. Like, I so I think maybe I think maybe I still think I'm right. I don't know, but like, and yeah, that was a big difference between like Stephen. Your your reaction and my reaction was, I was totally just seeing it as like a plot event. So I wasn't thinking seeing it as like, okay, this is the death of the character, now I have to say goodbye to Hermione. It's like, oh, okay, Hermione's gonna like be off stage for one act before she comes back for the grand finale. Um, and now I don't know because we've got a lot of other shit to wrap up with only a few chapters left and they're not even going back to the Hermione thing. So, I don't know what so, so you stayed so, in the denial phase. Reading-
4: yeah,
1: exactly. Still- so <laughs> yeah, even as I was reading, I, was, I wasn't like, oh, how do I feel about Hermione being dead? It was more like, oh, I wonder how it is that Hermione's going to be coming back. So, hmm. so it wasn't as much of an emotional thing. It's just more of like, you know, the latest plot twisty thing.
0: Speaking of plot, but yeah, I guess thing, I guess like
1: post facto I'll be like super like traumatized if that was it and then I never get to say goodbye.
3: I remember <laughs> when I was first reading through that section, I kind of had the almost the opposite reaction where I I said, Oh god, I really hope Hermione does not get brought back because that it felt to me like yeah, then it, if things things don't matter as much if everything can be taken back, you know?
4: Yeah.
1: In yeah, the only thing I'd make it there's just and I I guess I still feel that way. There's something about like the way she died was, unless they unless Yukowsky really was going for that whole, like, um, you know, people just die out of nowhere, but it just felt like it was too matter of fact to the plot for it to be, for as much as we've invested into Hermione as that character, that if she's, she and not that like, oh, you couldn't possibly kill Hermione, but if they are, it's like, so it would be such a big thing. It would be a, it would make a bigger splash in the plot than it did. And I think having said that, I think I still believe that pretty much, but I don't know.
3: Do you think that like her death is going to, or has not yet had um, enough impact on Harry?
1: Yeah. I think that's, or maybe not. Yeah. I guess Harry, I guess, yeah, I guess it would be Harry, but just like that. Cause Hermione's kind of role has been like, like the, like come back to the light side, Harry, like, like she's just kind of like the, embodiment of empathy in the story and that's still harry's kind of still working through that so i think there's still like something there and I, and i think that's mostly like what i'm thinking like still has to happen is i'm not sure what where it's going to go with that but there's still going to be some kind of like and i think maybe just sort of like the like the motivation for Harry for like she becomes sort of like the fuel for for how badly he wants to like conquer death um and that just feels like it hasn't like it hasn't paid off yet like we're still waiting on that one to come through I mean, I guess, and because, like, Kowski hasn't really been writing, like, you know, George R. R. Martin, where he just, like, kills off characters for the fuck of it. Um,
0: Except Rita Skeeter. Well, yeah. But you're we all I so am. invested in her. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it demonstrated an important point about Quirrell's character.
0: You know, I'm still on the fence about having revealed, like, well, not revealed, but pointed it out, because I missed out on my first read through.
1: I know. And I know it's also, very it's easy. Like, if, you if you hadn't pointed it out, I never would have gotten it. So like, right. it's not like, yeah, yeah, I mean, think, but I think I'm also like way, like spoilers are like way not as important to me as most people. But yeah, I don't, I mean, if you hadn't, it just would have like never been a thing. I guess maybe that was one more log on the fire of Quirrell's the bad guy.
3: Ah, um, see, it's because you think he's a murderer. Yeah. If you didn't think he was a murderer, you'd be like, yeah, Quarrel's a great sure, dude. He's totally teaching fun. Harry how to
1: be awesome. How to be awesome. Just, oh, see, that's a, teaching Harry how to be awesome. He's teaching him <laughs> fuck all. Quirrell doesn't do anything. He just is like hand wavy, awesome for no good fucking reason.
0: I mean, yeah, that's actually geez. a good question. I wanted to ask you guys about that because we had a, a quite we had a conversation one or two or three episodes ago about uh, like whether or not Quirrell has demonstrated himself as as a rationalist or someone to aspire to be like. And I I'm on the fence a bit, especially like with where we know him so far. But like, he doesn't seem like he's put in like the only the only indication that it seems like he's he's put in the work to be competent is that he ha- that he is competent but like it because uh I mean, that's that's it, usually a pretty big indication right but, yeah, but we don't
1: see anything about him like oh, and we do see this with harry like harry will get really good at something and harry and harry will mention they're like yeah because I decided I'm going to practice for 2 hours every single day until I get better at it which to me like that's the very very rationalist way to go about that but Quirrell, not only like not only does do we never see him like working at anything, but he also sort of implies like he, you know I'm just so awesome, I never had to work at it because you peons don't know how obvious this blah 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 was
3: i I mean he does definitely try to project that aura, but I also think that especially now that he's dying and everyone is like, well, yeah, that's what happens when you mess around with dark powers to get tons of uh tons of magical awesomeness you uh get to die very early in a horrible way that yeah. that you kind of see, you know, how he got his powers and what it has cost him.
1: Yeah, and it does, and I think I said that in the last episode was, or, yeah, I think that's the one that just went up yesterday. Um, that, yeah, Coral like, in his bed, like, reading that physics textbook and sort of a little bit criticizing himself, like, oh, I shouldn't have been so foolish to think that, like, Muggle, that it, there was nothing for me to learn from Muggles. Like, that was a very, like, new thing from Quirrell. Yeah. Like, and, also- and I think the first time we've seen Quirrell, like, actually teaching himself a thing, um, yeah,
3: I'm 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 not sure how much like people need to have the learning process demonstrated to them though. Like when you see the rock, you see that he has huge muscles and you didn't have to go through a a montage of him working out. And when you see, like, badass military dudes kicking butt in action movies, you don't first get a montage of their 10 years of training in Special Forces. You're just like –
1: Well, yeah, but, like, there's nothing about Quirrell you would want to emulate. I think this is the way Stephen put it, that like, other than be awesome, there's nothing about him you would want to emulate. Like, and there's nothing he demonstrates as this is how I got this way.
3: I would like to slightly disagree with that
0: um good that makes it fun
1: well yeah like <laughs> what What? Like so like what does he do that would be like oh i should act i should do like quarrel does here and that would make me awesome the way he is it,
0: let me articulate my position on that because it's it's swift like i wouldn't want to grow up to be professor Quirrell the same way i wouldn't want to grow up to be dr house right so like it, it that, that that's sort of where i was coming at from it but i'm i'm curious what you're going to say
3: Well, what I was going to say is, um, as someone who throughout his early life had very low emotional intelligence, to me, like, other people oftentimes just didn't make sense. And Quirrell would, like, finally make sense, both in that he could tell you, you know, why people are acting like they're acting, and also in that he could say what you need to do, like – Strength is unity. If you want to defeat a dark lord, you gain everybody's uh, allegiance to yourself, and you work as a unit because people are stronger together. Well,
1: that and way. So your and takeaway then, was that then, that like you agree with that idea? You didn't see this like the transparently Nazi thing? It was
2: Inyash uh, is a fascist? No, but it, well, because
1: no, Inyash is like an apologist for authoritarianism and, uh, and uh, the status quo.
3: And I, I think. I
4: think.
0: I think that. Uh, I, 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 I don't depression. think that squirrel is is <laughs> all right. I, I like when I think of uh <laughs> uniting <laughs> when I think of uniting against a common enemy, I think of uh Ozzie and Watchmen, right? Like it's it's not the uh right, with the octopus or and or uh Dr. Manhattan if you watch the movies. Like if if the if the solution is we need to all unite against this enemy, like, or, you know, divided we fall sort of thing, then it's not fascism to say, like, yes, we will actually be better and more resilient if we all work together, right?
3: Right. And that's that's the thing where, like, it it lets you make sense of the world seeing it through his eyes, even if you don't want to be him. Yeah,
1: yeah, I guess because, and that vibe to me, that feels more like the, uh, well, yes, misguided, but the... Like, like almost like the Bolshevik thing of like, we, the people are going to rise up, you know, in unity against the man. Um, and yeah, that turns all fucked up. But, but like the coral vibe is way more like only I can fix it. Um, and, and just kind of like, yeah. So
3: Yeah, I agree with you. That is absolutely his vibe. Yeah. And, and, and one you, of the and things that you like
1: that, or right? That's what I don't get like. So you don't see it that way. Or you like it like that's a good thing or.
3: It. Mm-hmm. It makes for a very interesting character that I want to read. Um Mm -hmm. and like lots of times you I would get frustrated about the coordination failures in society when we see this thing that very obviously needs to be fixed, and yet it is not getting fixed. And it's because everyone is just kind of like going around pursuing their own projects, doing their own little things, and I'm like, oh my god, what what how do we fix all any of anything at all? And then you read this and you're like, Oh, you fix it by becoming a fascist. Well, that makes sense, but introduces a whole new problem.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh I mean, there's like the, there's the other thing that like taking unilateral action, uh, you know, against the establishment isn't like necessarily a bad thing, you know, to run with my Dr. House example, you know, if house didn't fuck the system so often, a lot more people would be dead. Right. So I, I think that there's something to be said about the virtue of saying no. The system sucks. Fuck that. I'm going to do you know what I know is best. And while that that does have the very obvious uh, failure mode of believing you know what's best when in fact you're wrong and fucking up, um, you know, you can't well, see, do and better. Like, than and that's system. the difference
1: is that you don't like house is not the only option there. Like it's not either be house or just obey it's okay yeah we're gonna stand it like we are going to stand up get the system like get some co-conspirators right like if, th- if you're if you're right then you can convince other people that you're right not necessarily convince the powers that be you're right but you'll get other people on your side yeah but that's the failure. Just, exactly. i know better than you motherfuckers exactly.
3: Exactly. that's the it's failure in Insing- yes so yes it, yes, do yes, it does <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that's that's the problem with saying that, you know, he can fix this with unilateral action. He can't. The thing he's demonstrated is that you can't fix it with unilateral action, but he kind of sucks at uniting people. So yeah. he, he, he knows what to do. He just can't do it. And um, that's, you know, that's a problem. You very rarely can do anything unilaterally when it's big like this.
1: Well, yeah. So, yes. Yes. Like you said.
4: Okay.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, well, yeah, I mean, and because of that, that's why I keep, like, thinking, like, that's why that stuff rubs me the wrong way, and to the extent that, like, Harry starts, you know, acting that way as well, it's like, no, it's it's not like, oh, I think we should just all listen to the, to the old boss, it's like, oh, well, you just want to be the new boss, and I don't like that either, so...
3: Well, I, it, he is trying to unite people behind him to affect change, yeah. And I can understand why someone might not like change, but I personally am in favor of the change that Harry's in favor of. See, false choice.
1: It's false choice. It's not like, oh, follow Harry or no change. It's follow Harry, no change, or change, or follow Hermione and her 30 friends.
2: But she's dead. You can't follow oh, her. No. <laughs> or at least you shouldn't. <laughs> the option wasn't ever really
3: Hermione. It was uh, Harry or Dumbledore or I guess now Malfoy is the leader since Voldemort's gone. Yeah,
1: those, let's talk about it. Because I only talked about that a little bit in the episode where it happened where – I mean, I think I sort of like almost want to like revise my statement and be like, okay, yeah, that was totally cool. There was I was a little like kind of squidged out. There was – that whole scene where they're like all standing in the dining hall. It had a, like a weird authoritarian vibe to it, which like weirded me out a little bit. But – but I did, but it really was like everything I had been talking about where it's like, you know, they kind of all get together and be like, this is the thing that we are doing. Not because I'm, you know, the sign of Malfoy no better than you fuckers, but like, like we all got together and this is the thing we're doing. And they were, st- they were standing up against the man, but in a way that was kind of like together and not just like, you know, everybody do what I say.
3: I, I mean, I don't want to disagree with you because I, <laughs> but I, I also think you're being somewhat inconsistent because at this point it is eight uh, people instead of, which is still a tiny fraction of all of Hogwarts. I mean, there might be more faculty than there are those eight noble children.
1: Well, yeah, but eight, eight noble children is eight times more than one Harry.
3: So, I, I guess, but they're like on his side.
1: Yeah, I mean,
2: consider well, that, that one of them now, is now it's Draco. A
1: side as opposed to just being Harry. Well, yeah, one of them is Drake, but like I like this Draco. This Draco is cool.
2: I mean, yeah, I like this Draco, but my point is it's not just like hair, well, it's not just people who are obviously on Harry's team, like it's a variety of different people yeah. with different yeah. stances, and also yeah. like their parents were involved to some extent. Yeah,
1: yeah, and at least like to me, what I liked about it, it didn't feel to me like oh, and now this is Team Draco and these seven other people he was able to convince to follow him. It did feel like, like, so Draco's like sort of is the leader but it didn't feel like like he wasn't like the you know charismatic you all do everything i say leader it was it did feel more like a collective thing like like all of these students decided we're the ones we are the children of the noble houses we're the ones with the power so it's like we are responsible for we can't just like sit here having had this power and not using it so they sort of like felt like they were called up to use it and and kind of did it as like a joint effort
3: so wait a minute like what you're saying is that harry's um tactic of building up this reputation and narrative around himself uh succeeded in inspiring other people to follow him
1: i don't and think everything no he did worked. I, uh yeah no, what the fuck you know, seriously <laughs> <laughs> Like how, is a, a, how much does he just have to like jerk you off saying all the things you like and get you to forgive every shitty thing he does
3: <laughs> I all I'm seeing is that the results have uh, turned out pretty good. And but uh,
1: that was a, well, and but actually was I mean yeah, and that was kind of the cool thing and that was the other part of that scene was like Harry said like uh, basically all Harry did was walk up at, walk up to the front and say, yeah, like Draco said. And then he just walked off. He's like, "This is Draco's show." So yeah, like if it was, if if you if you want to see it as like, oh, and Harry inspired this and got other people to do it, then totally, like that's the cool thing. It's not just Harry saying, you know, all of you do what I say because I'm smarter than you. It was (laughs) oh, he convinced like he convinced people. Yeah. So yeah, totally.
3: I think the weirdest part about all this is that I doubt any of this would have happened if Hermione wasn't murdered. So you could almost say that the force getting behind uniting everyone uh, in this new third side on the chess piece is uh, the unknown person who, who has murdered who Hermione. May or may not be. <laughs> Voldemort oh. or Quirrell or whoever. Yeah. Ludo Bagman. Yes. Ludo Bagman.
0: So uh, that reminds me, I'll say at this point, cause I, I'm curious April about where you were at at this point in the story, but like for me, you know, it's, we don't have the reveal of, you know, where's Voldemort yet. Um, You know, unless you're just going to jump the gun. Uh, And and maybe it's not jumping the gun. Maybe it's supposed to have been obvious this whole time. (laughs) But but for me, like the one of the main compelling points that like we hadn't seen Voldemort as a player yet um, is that like, well, so I mean, we've talked about, you know, Professor Quirrell just seeming like a different character. Like, all right, cool. Bald head. No Voldemort on the back. This is clearly a different thing. And like one of the first things out of his mouth in his first lesson is how dumb Voldemort was. Uh, he argues for fascism in his in his big speech for like the sole purpose of saying you guys are a bunch of idiots for almost losing to one person so like if if he's Voldemort this really doesn't serve his interests right
2: yeah I I think you're overestimating your ability to predict Voldemort's interests because we know Voldemort is smart and we know that he did things that appear to be stupid if He's doing what we expect him
0: to be well, doing. Yeah,
1: there, yeah, and there's like the there's the Voldemort that he is, and then there's the theater of Voldemort that he's projecting.
0: And so, April, what were you in at this point in the story? Um, you know, were you on the there's no way Quirrell's Voldemort guy, or Quirrell's awesome, or this guy's obviously Voldemort, or?
2: Um, I had, I think uh, there was like an author's note early on where Yudkowski described what he was doing with that. Which I had actually
0: read, so I was spoiled on how it went. <laughs> so really, I didn't know he put it as that. Seems kind of like a dick move. I didn't it, know it he did like that.
2: Del- it was like deleted later on. Um, mm. So interesting. It was like he, was, he, he, he didn't, didn't realize, realize how much of a
1: spoiler it was when he said it.
2: Yeah, exactly. Well, I yeah, so say- that
0: that takes that out then.
2: <laughs> yeah, so I, I, I my predictions are not something that I can actually. <laughs> <laughs> Talk i, I know when this was being
3: written there was controversy on the on the uh, subreddit like is he isn't he and people were trying to prove things one way or the other but i mean when brian asked me what i like about voldemort and i was trying to get into the philosophy of understanding people that that is one appealing aspect to it but the thing that really got me about coral that i love about Quirrell is that he is the did he just call coral ed- voldemort i have no, no. idea uh, <laughs> I mean, brian ryan's been saying it so much anyway minute. that
1: you, hmm. you it's kind of done dumb... like yeah none of, you guys haven't like said it but yeah you pretty much like give it away the ways in which you don't, well, no, don't not,
0: not necessarily it. uh i can You're i sure. mean okay. i it's okay, okay, we're, we're we're approaching the reveal but my, my point is is that like i'll have to address that more later i guess what were you gonna say in I was gonna, well, I mean, a lot of us just don't want to
3: directly address what Brian's saying to give him hints one way or the other. But what I was really saying is that um, I, like, Brian's asked me, "What the hell do I like about Quirrell?" And uh, I, the thing I really like about Quirrell is is not necessarily anything about his competence. Although I mean, I like that too. But it's that Harry at the beginning of the novel is obviously a kid who is like completely alone. He has no friends. He has no peers. He can't relate to his parents. They're a generation older than him. Like just everything about him is is lonely. And then he meets Professor Quirrell, who is the one person in the world who understands him. And like they bond. And I I fell in love with Quirrell for that reason, and oh, see,
1: I mean, and I think like that part of it is like awesome as far as storytelling. But like my take of that is like yes, because that's such a creepy child predator thing going on there, <laughs> which is like great storytelling. It's like not at all cool, but it's I mean, it's very sort of it's a cool story, but I, but it doesn't it doesn't make him nice.
3: Well, no, it doesn't make him nice. But like you, I don't know. I had for a brief period in high school like an older mentor figure, and. It was it was a wonderful like dynamic to be in to have someone that you respected and who treated you like an adult. It was
1: well, yeah, but he was probably like actually a good person.
3: Uh, well, yes, she was. <laughs> as opposed to but... <laughs> as
1: opposed, to, oh, she, as opposed yeah. to Voldemort, like I mean, yeah, like, every, because of okay, so, that, well, like because all the ways that Voldemort is a bad person.
3: Like...
4: Quirrell is <laughs> but, but, you just...
1: Know, so, okay, so let's pretend that Quirrell's not Voldemort. Like even yeah. the things that like the the seedy underside the Quirrell that we at least know is there is like this is seriously not a good dude. Like he is a bad person. He's don't bitter be and be like c-
3: he's bitter and cynical, but he has yeah. like a good heart. Yeah, <laughs> really. He's taken Harry under his wings, so yes. <laughs> he even gave him like a Christmas present for the first time in his life.
1: The only wow. other yet yeah, the only other human on the planet he could bother to give a Christmas present to because he's him. In
3: your opinion, which is again
1: like you know jerking off.
4: Yeah,
3: well,
1: like was like ah, happy Merry Christmas to me. <laughs> Too mini like me
0: buying yourself flowers on valentine's day exactly <laughs> but it's not it's like buying your kid flowers
1: <laughs> okay so don't answer the question because that would be giving it away but does it seem like coral would have given a gift a present to anybody that he didn't think was just him
3: I think if he bonded with a student, then yes, he would have given it. But a But he wouldn't to that bond student. with
1: a student that he didn't think was somehow in service to whatever the hell evil plot he's got going on.
3: That's that's only and an assumption you make if you think he's evil, and you don't. Uh, at the time I was reading this, I thought okay, that okay, he was okay, troubled. Yeah. So, and uh,
1: oh, okay, so at the time, but now having having read the twenty chapters, I haven't read.
3: i the, you're still oh, well, down, having, you're just still still having it, like, read oh, those, I so, can assure you that he, he is. But when a he's nice, he's so
1: nice. <laughs> He's, you don't understand him. I mean, he doesn't hit me a
3: lot. He's never hit Harry.
1: <laughs> no, yeah, he had the six-year yeah, nice. bullies do it for him. You know, I only love you. Yeah. Yeah, what's <laughs> funny is, like, because he's so, like, clearly written, like, because, I mean, it totally works as a story. It's, like, he's, like, this chocolate cake temptation of, like... You know this competence point of look how appealing this is, but like he's the bait, dude. Like you took it. you took the bait. He's the like, oh look, if you like turn into this obnoxious, arrogant, self righteous prick, you will like isn't that tempting? And then you would look so cool, but he's so like hollow. There's nothing behind it other than the swagger. Like you fell for it, Eniosh.
3: <laughs> first of all, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> And second, I think that's—I don't know—I I think that's a sign of how m- much people may identify with Harry. Because, like, the strong, more strongly you identify with Harry, the more likely you are to fall in love with the Quirrell, right?
1: Yeah, well, yeah, and, so th- and that's—that was something I thought about, like, like all of the stuff that rubs me the wrong way, that where I'm sort of in conflict with the community, are um, like, and what I could see was, like, if you've got a character who who you see as the hero professing all of the noble beliefs that you also believe in which by the way i don't know how many times i have to say like every rationalist thing harry has ever said i'm totally on board with um but but like so if he's the guy that's saying okay these like you have all these core beliefs that are like super important to you like you call yourself a rationalist and all these ideas are important to you for very good reason these are good ideas and harry's the guy like professing them in a way like he's the hero of the story saying these things you're gonna be way more like any sort of little foibles he's got about maybe being a little bit rude or looking down his nose at people you're like "Eh, it's fine so i can see that but but i think also like baked into the story that i think what gets lost when you do that is i think like part of the story is like part of what makes harry likable is that he was a dick and he's working it out like he's doing both so and without like compromising any sort of rationality either or, or even like through the rationality like harry's learning like all of these things that i value are not in order to just be the competence porn that Quirrell is like these are also how i become a good person right like that that the empathy and the rationality work together they're not in conflict they work together and like that's and that's why I keep thinking of Quirrell as not a rationalist because that's like the bit that Quirrell keeps missing, where Quirrell like does not learn, and that's like his his giant blind spot.
3: Yeah, I think Quirrell, if anything, is like a broken rationalist, like yeah. someone who got part way there. But
1: yeah, yeah, he's sort of like the he's like the shiny object that like looked really cool, but then you got like diverted off. Yeah, like the. So yeah.
2: Part of the thing is that um, with Coral's place in the story, like, we can't see much character development from him, I guess. And a lot of what the, the point of being rationalist is, like, updating your beliefs and uh, correcting your false beliefs. And because Quirrell is just in a position where he's not doing much of that until, um, I guess, now, which Brian commented on, where he's reading the Michael Physics book. And I think we see a little of that in the coming chapters, although I'm not going to say exactly how.
1: Of <laughs> course. <laughs> yeah, I was I'm really interested in that to see if like was that just kind of this passing thing in that scene, or is like is are we going somewhere with that that like, oh Quarrel is now like learning to learn? So, Except like, I somehow don't see like that oh and then Quirl like suddenly becomes a good person. I don't see that happening, but
2: you'll be surprised. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Maybe.
2: Turns out he's the hero of the whole story.
1: It's Ludo Bagman all along.
0: Let's see. I'm trying to think. I think uh, am I modeling you correctly, April, in that like me are just enjoying listening to them argue? I feel like <laughs> I feel are like being kind of left out. But I, I'm, I'm sitting here with my, you know, insert Michael Jackson eating popcorn gif. <laughs> or no, the, the one of uh, um, uh, Bill Hader when he's playing the guy from uh, that. Do you guys know the bit I'm talking about?
1: Yes. Uh, yeah. To-
0: Dateline. Yeah. The Where he's playing the, the it doesn't matter. That's the, that's the popcorn eating gif that I've been playing oh, in my head. Yes. Um, I just want to make sure that, because I, I bring all this up, because April, you're not getting a lot of air time. I want to make sure that if there's anything you want to talk about, we totally <laughs> so, can.
2: So honestly, most of Metamore is me trying to model Brian and talk to <laughs> Well, <Aww. laughs> And so, I got to say,
3: it's, it's been very uh, helpful having the the uh, outside perspective. Like, I, oh, I knew there were people who just didn't like Harry Potter, and uh, I was like, okay, it's not for some people, whatever, just move, get on with life. But getting this deep dive from someone who has very different viewpoints and certain opinions has helped me to understand how people with, like, belief structures radically different from mine think, and that's been illuminating it It makes uh you know I, I think it helps to understand more of humanity for me
2: I get why people find rationalists annoying now <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, so is so, it like so like my reaction has been sort of like I, not surprising, but like like my reaction has helped you see it, and like you couldn't see it before, and now uh you're seeing it through mine or. Because that's it, the other. Like it seems like apparently, like my reaction is is like not at all unusual for people not part of the deal.
0: Yes,
3: that uh, that is correct. And,
0: well, I wasn't part of is, the deal until I liked the story. Right. This was this was my introduction to rationality. Was well, no. I mean, I think like, there's
3: a certain type of person who already thinks like this, and when they stumble across HPMOR, they're like oh my God, this is amazing. And, you know, that was one of you, that was you too. But there's other people who have very different, uh, just ways they think about the world and they tend to hate HBMOR. And I, it's it's yeah. nice to be I, able yeah. to get some deeper th- insight into their thinking processes.
1: Yeah. And I don't know if this is my own particular weirdness, but like it, and I, th- I think like, you know, as I said this, like in book club many years ago, like it, it bugs me more because for like all of the rationality stuff, I'm totally like on that side. It's not like, Oh, I don't have a problem with rationalists. It's like, yes, no, this is, I'm totally on board with this. And so it's like, it bothers me more when you're being a dick saying things I agree with, not you. Like, (laughs) um, and so like, if, if he were saying shit that I, you know, if I also thought it was bullshit, then it would be like, that's way easier to categorize in my head. It's like, okay, he's just a fucking asshole. But then it's like that, cognitive dissonance around like oh i wish i disagreed with you because you're being a dick about it (laughs) (laughs) but i don't fuck um so yeah and i don't know if i don't know if i'd said this on the podcast yet but like it's been really helpful me you know because i hope we're still cool you know in spite of how much i'm infuriating you
4: oh yeah Um, but absolutely (laughs) because
1: i'll like i will have seen you saying a lot of things in a very much a similar way that having heard them from other people i would have thought just like oh fuck that dick um and you're saying basically the same thing but it's so it's been super because like we are cool and like so then i'm able to like hear it and it like even helps like a lot, a lot here on this podcast like we're saying shit like getting right in each other's face but i just like you can hear stuff in tone of voice and stuff like you still there's still some level you know like we're still cool it's just like you oh, know whatever yeah um, so yeah. that's that's helped me a lot to like hear be able to go like oh that thing that i would hear from somebody else and totally think like oh fuck that guy like you're saying exactly the same thing but i can hear you saying it and be like, oh, okay. Oh, you know, this is cool. Like he just thinks I'm an asshole. But not in a bad way. <laughs>
3: <Yeah>. <laughs> it's it, Honestly, it's really restored my faith in people's abilities to live side by side despite having mm-hmm. vast differences. Uh, because for the most part, everyone wants to live a, you know, good, peaceful life. And if they have different models of the motivation behind that, it, it – It doesn't really matter that much as long as everyone agrees that, like, this is how to treat people to get along well.
1: I mean, it has been – and it's totally been reinforcing my idea of, like, just the importance of just dumb things like tone of voice and eye contact and how big a deal that is. Yeah. Like, the fact that you and I have seen each other in meat space a whole lot. Like, so when you say something, like, I can picture you saying it and I just know it's like, oh, he's not, like – there's no real venom behind that when he says that. He's, you know – well, I'll just say, like, fuck that asshole. Yeah. But yeah, if you were like in a chat room and you type the words fuck that asshole, then
4: you'd
3: really hope it's some kind of porn chat room or something (laughs) because otherwise
1: (laughs) (laughs) not that there's anything wrong with that.
2: No, no.
0: (laughs) So did I hear a kitty?
2: Yeah, my cat's here.
0: Ah, jealous.
3: cute cat. What do you
0: want? My cat doesn't like lap time. And we had to take her to get her nails done yesterday, which she just hates. But it needed to be done. She rips up the carpet. Um, What was I going to ask about? Oh, yeah. So, like, one of the – I keep trying to bring this up when we play Risk. But, like, we're always too busy beating the hell out of each other for conquest of the globe to get into a nice long digression. Um, Fucking
1: aliens, man.
0: Aliens. (laughs) So, Inyash, you have mentioned at least a couple times that – and I think that you guys don't actually disagree, which is why I'm bringing it up. I think that there's not really a uh, well. All right, so I'll just get to it, and then I think the confusion will dissolve itself. I think Inyash, do you think that Brian has some sort of uh, undue respect for status and uh, <laughs> like dominance or something? <laughs> is
1: so bizarre.
0: Man. So that that's I. As long as you guys are both here, and I am only a third of the way through my popcorn, I'm really curious what you guys. If there's any. <laughs> do they actually, have popcorn.
1: That one I've been thinking like, oh, how badly does Ineash need to not be, you know, dissuaded from his beliefs that he has to like make up this wildly stupid shit about me? <laughs> like, I mean, it's not just wrong. It's like, how could you possibly get that more wrong? Like, so yes, I used to be a registered Republican. The reason why I was a registered Republican was to fuck with their count.
3: I- <laughs> <laughs> so th- that's, that's not the sort of like status thing I was referring to necessarily or oh, all, status
1: versus status quo i guess i'm more thinking about like the hierarchy thing you kept talking about like really
3: yeah no, my the,
1: respect for hierarchies sure all right yeah okay let's i'll do here's some rope go for it
3: uh, fine okay <laughs> <laughs> um tss- all right i need a second to compose my thoughts here
0: <laughs> april maybe you can do your uh, um, I, li- I like I love listening to Metamore because you sort of mediate for any disagreement, <laughs> even though there's <laughs> only two of you. April's okay. the calm uh,
1: voice of reason.
0: So while Ineash <laughs> composes himself, you can you can jump in if you feel like it.
2: The thing is, I never fully understood Ineash's hierarchies as status thing, so I don't know how to <laughs> articulate it. Right.
1: All out on my own here. Uh, well, so like, well, actually, so do those because I didn't really even think of those as so kind of being the same thing. So there's this like status idea that seems like is a seems like that's a common theme in just rationality. Uh, but then, which I wasn't like taking, I didn't that I didn't file that in the same part of my brain as your comical idea that I am a fan of hierarchy. <laughs> um, they they do feel – because hierarchy feel, feels more like a command and control thing whereas status just feels like a I'm better than you thing.
3: Well, be status and, is how we do our hierarchies in human society. So. The, the more status you have, the higher up the hierarchy order you are. And it's very much a sort of thing where um, I get the impression that there are certain uh, – times when it is just a thing that is not done for one person to challenge another one such as for harry potter to stand up to dumbledore and the reason that is not done is because dumbledore has proven uh all sorts of things that uh have given himself power and status and put him high up in the hierarchy uh order and harry has not done those things so why should dumbledore listen to a pissant like harry like just no, because yeah, he's guess, right no, doesn't cause, matter. because
1: my it's more i think i said this like. Uh, new boss thing is the old boss it's not like oh you need to listen to Dumbledore because he's smart and you're not because he's the guy in charge and you're not it's like I'm immediately fast forwarding to oh okay Harry just wants to be the new Dumbledore and so he's gonna have to like relearn all of those mistakes so it's not like oh you should respect Dumbledore it's it's more like why like oh so I'm supposed to now start listening to you yeah um, that's- and so okay and then okay maybe but like tell me why I should like Tell me why you're not going to make all the same mistakes, or or a different set of just as bad mistakes as the other guy, and and not even that it's necessarily not the case that it could happen, but it's but it's the like just it's a like just because you're standing up to the man doesn't make you the one that's right. Just being the man doesn't make you right either. But there- also like like how like how how are you going to do this any better than the other guy? And maybe you could, but like, I haven't heard that one yet.
3: Right. Uh, and in practice, what that comes down to is basically supporting the hierarchies as they are right now until the challenger manages to somehow build up enough status to uh, be respected by the audience. And that is, that is the thing that is um, very frustrating lots of times not too long ago i was listening to a podcast and people were talking about the coronavirus covid thing and somebody mentioned this uh a piece of advice i don't remember exactly what it was i think it was something to do with face masks and one of the guests uh demurred and said well you know uh, that that's that's not necessarily what's recommended by the cdc and this this had been after like a good 20 minutes of people already talking on the podcast about how badly the CDC had fucked things up and uh, how people the, uh, have been having to kind of figure things out on their own based on research in Europe and other countries. Um, and, and then like this person who's a medical professional was not willing to like stick her neck out and say something that might be unapproved of by the CDC. And I'm like, why, why, why do you even care they 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 give you the license to say something I guess but you don't need that license if you already have some data in front of you and that is the sort of thing that will infuriate people when uh, well infuriate people like me rather when you say when to bring it back to Harry Potter things are like a, why are you keeping this evil potions professor and letting him abuse students that is just it's bad. Students should not be abused. They're young. They're vulnerable. They they don't need to put up with this and yet you're doing it anyway. And and Harry's just right in that situation. And sure, maybe there's some sort of extenuating circumstance where Snape is this deep mole and they need to uh, have deep cover for him. Or Dumbledore is trying to destroy Slytherin House by only filling it with horrible people. But in the end, the children shouldn't be abused and just like dismissing Harry because he doesn't have Dumbledore's years of experience. I find really frustrating.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess it was Yeah. Cause you weren't. Yeah. Cause I wasn't ever thinking like, Oh, so therefore we are just supposed to accept that there's bullies in the school and that Snape is allowed to do whatever the fuck he wants. Cause fuck you just listen to the boss. Um, no, it was more just like, Oh, but the only other option is we're all just going to do what Harry says.
3: I mean, um, they're, might be various other like options something, but something, well,
1: yeah, so yeah, some, some something else because both those options suck.
3: well um, those the, those were the options that were being presented in the book at the time. I'm sure someone else could have jumped up and well, done but see, something but, but no, thing, no is one is that, else like, had yeah
1: see, but I don't I think that was on purpose like if we were going to pretend there was such a thing as authors with an intent over what they wrote um, that 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 was put there as a false choice. Like we were supposed we were supposed to see that um that Harry was offering the super simple pat answer, like, well, clearly this is the right thing to do. And that like Harry is learning, like like we're seeing like the, the cool thing with like the the Draco team. Um, like we're seeing Harry be like, oh, you know what? Um it's not just you know, I am not the guardian of humanity and the only person qualified to have an opinion and and help people, like there 's yeah. other people in the game too oh, so, absolutely. And, and I think like and that's was and, and I think that was sort of the point like the way Harry was acting and the way that it was distasteful was like on purpose, like we were supposed to see that like this is not the way there, there's got there 's a better choice than do nothing or just be the next fascist
3: see, I both agree and disagree with you in the fact that, as we go along the story, we do see that harry 's initial simplistic answer was not good enough, and there were a lot of further consequences and more complicated things and that made for a really good story but then you say that because of all this stuff harry should have never stepped forward and tried to do the right thing and we should have just all supported dumbledore from the beginning and it is that's my opinion that, that is the well, that, that would in, be in effect, a
1: dumb thing to say
3: in effect though that's what it is because there was no one else is stepping forward and so that that is why i'm like to say that at this point the people, the reader should be siding with Dumbledore rather than Harry, seems really bad to me. Yeah, no,
1: well, see, yeah, and I wasn't siding with Dumbledore either. And, and actually, we, and that was a lot like we had, there were a lot of conversations with Dumbledore where it was very clearly like Dumbledore is not in, the, like, both of the, they are both a little right here. Like, Dumbledore definitely doesn't come across as like the guy with the right answers in the conversation. Um, but no, it's like there's a better way. It, is what, there? It, it, the, the choice isn't just like, oh, Harry condescendingly. Uh, you know, talking down to Dumbledore and telling him he's a fucking idiot. The Wait, other whoa, way whoa, that we started to whoa, see. Whoa,
3: whoa, 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 did that happen? Did Terry condescendingly talk oh, down to Dumbledore and call him a fucking idiot?
1: Yeah. In his office. Yeah. Like multiple times. I kinds. strongly disagree. And I'm going to, uh,
3: yeah, okay. Yeah. He was, um, he was righteously incensed. I will give you that, but he didn't like call him like, an idiot. He, he was I passionate. Guess like not those literal
1: words. It, I, he, there's, I don't even feel like it. There's definitely, there were multiple times where Harry implied that Dumbledore was foolish in a way that reflected poorly on his value as a human.
2: I don't think I'd go that far. Like he was a rude, was Like but you I guys
1: wouldn't... are a bunch of, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, he didn't say the literal words, fucking idiots. Cause only Brian talks that way. Um, I mean- but but it was like oh you guys are you guys are unqualified to run this you're doing it wrong and if you could only listen to the very obvious conclusions that I Harry Potter am mansplaining to you right now then we'd all be on the same page and everything would be better
2: I, I don't that's think absolutely. he ever went that far, except when he was right. Like Snape was actually a problem and stuff like
1: that. Yeah, but so yeah, and it doesn't mean like oh we just got to all be cool with, with Snape acting that way. It means like oh there is a Hermione way to approach that too, which is both sure, does sure. which which does not which which means like we don't have to be okay with Snape being Snape, but it also doesn't mean we all just have to like obey the great and powerful Potter
3: there was no hermione porting that option forward at the time and i think that yeah, is but, but i think could that happen. happens there's no reason sure, why couldn't could have been there's lots of things that could happen but that, well so
1: yeah but the, the, the choice is not like oh do it harry's way or nothing had or nothing can happen like that's the only ones we saw but i think that was the thing like there's a it could have been done differently
3: I, well yes it absolutely could have been done differently but in the in the and then later we scenario it presented it done that way yeah, over time. It takes yeah. it, it takes Harry a while to like become more mature and realize the issues yeah. with what he was proposing.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah, and so like and that bit was like the not cool part about Harry. So yeah, it was both like like, okay, we shouldn't be like it's not okay the way like uh both the way the teachers are just able to abuse the kids and the way the kids are able to abuse each other in life threatening ways, like that's not okay. But also like the solution to that does not have to be <clears throat> let's all do the thing that Harry is telling us is obvious.
3: See, I disagree with the not cool part. I think that standing up to authority that has been neglecting its power and letting children be abused is the cool thing to do, even if you do it wrong and go too far. That is, I want well, so, to see yeah, more yeah, of that standing, in the world.
1: So, well, But wouldn't you even like to see somebody standing up in a way that wasn't shitty?
3: I don't think the way that he did it was shitty. I think that was—that's he was, the but, he yeah, was so. outraged by what he saw, and <clears throat> I think rightly so. And he could have uh, done it better. Like, he certainly would have gotten better results if he went in uh, with more moderation. But I don't fault him at all for being passionate about it.
1: Well, yeah, f- yeah. like, the passionate, not, yeah, I don't fault that either. It's the just, yeah, it's that, like, comic book guy, I'm smarter than all of you dumb fuckers. Which is, like, super off-putting and makes you, like, just not want to root for him. <clears throat> but, yeah, totally. Like, yeah, everything, you, like, he's right. Like, it's it is... And it's good that he wants to stand up for people, but like, and he's like, he's he was still missing that little piece in his brain that like, oh, I'm not the only person that can fix this. I can get help.
2: I think this is why not disagree like, oh, with and
1: you. not like, oh, I need to get Dumbledore to help me. It's like, yeah, no, I can stand up against Dumbledore, but not because I'm the only person on the planet smart enough to do that. Like, oh, I could go get Hermione. I could go get Draco. I could go get. I could convince everybody around me. Like, hey, everybody, don't you think this is fucked up? We should do something about it. So it's not just about him. And like, he's like, asserting his intellectual dominance over the foolish wizarding world.
3: So I disagree with you that that's what he's doing, is asserting his intellectual dominance like that. Like you, you, you agree that he is technically right, which first of all is important, and that what he did was courageous and the good thing to do to stand up to this abusive stuff. You just dislike the fact that, I don't know, he sounded arrogant to you, which to me screams yes. of... It screams of this kid does not yet have the status to say things in this tone of voice. He needs to if (laughs) if it had been Lucius Malfoy that walked in like that, or someone who was in a governmental position of equal power to Dumbledore, I get the feeling you would not have been saying things like this guy's being a condescending prick. No, I think I'd I mean, like to like, give like, an example kind of, like
1: Malfoy being a prick is sort of like is more on brand for him but it would have just been yeah well yeah he's a
0: prick in the situations like where prob- like I'm oh, sorry go ahead April uh, I
2: feel like you can probably find examples of Dumbledore portraying Harry to be foolish and I don't feel like you have complained about those as much although like
1: examples of what
2: like like Dumbledore uh I mean, perhaps he does it in a less arrogant-sounding way, but he like he definitely like considers a lot of things Harry does foolish. I I think.
1: Yeah, yeah, and again, it's like it's way more about like like tone and like just the <clears throat> like the intent behind it. So it's not like it's not that Harry thinks Dumbledore is foolish because I mean he brightly points out all kinds of silly things about the way the wizarding world works, but <clears throat> I guess and so if that's not like if I'm wrong about this, then I'm like totally wrong. But the reason why I like one and not the other is it feels to me like when Dumbledore is critical of Harry, there's like more empathy behind it and just combat like he doesn't dislike Harry as much for it. Like, because the way it feels to me and like, and so like if it doesn't feel that way to you, then I can totally see why, why then it wouldn't bother you. But when Harry gets mad and pissed off, it feels like he suddenly becomes much colder and starts to regard those people less. As just less than. And, but like when Dumbledore does it, it feels like, like it's more, it's not like, oh, I don't like you anymore. It's not like, oh, you're a lesser person. It's just like, I, I don't know. I guess I'd like, it, it feels more like Harry's that, that Dumbledore thinks of like, okay, you're still a person I care about, but you're just mistaken here, as opposed to Harry's just like, oh, you're just a dumbass. And maybe like that's, that's how it comes across to me and that's why I don't like it. So maybe if it's not coming, like, if that's not how you see it, then I could totally see why it wouldn't bother you. But that's how it, that's the vibe I get from it. And that's the part I don't like about it is that there's like this kind of underlying bitterness to it. That's really off-putting. Mm.
0: That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say that I, I think a good illustration warmer. Right. He's a fuzzy Gandalf. Um, yeah. yeah. And it's the, not, and
1: it's not even so much like it, not even that that's, that's some kind of like just an affectation around it, but like, <clears throat> like to the extent that it really does feel like, Oh, he actually cares about that person. Um, and not just like oh he says it in a nice way but that that it feels like oh that's you know that's a reflection of like actual um sympathy behind it and that when when Harry gets away it feels like oh that's just just suddenly gone he just goes to this sort of like cold you know purely logical
4: place
3: well i mean harry is literally described as like going cold and feeling his blood run cold yeah. it's yeah it's it's specifically called out so you're entirely right but i also i, I have some trouble with that view because yeah, you're right, Harry does act more meanly, but Dumbledore may be showing um um concern for the person he's directly talking with, but he completely ignores like all the people that are being hurt in the background. Whereas Harry like maybe is being um less charitable with Dumbledore, but he's here standing up for Hermione and for the other children who can't defend themselves. Like which one yeah. of these people yeah, no, yeah. is on the side of of the better,
1: yeah, I totally agree with you on that one. And that, yeah, because I mean, Dumbledore is just wrong about that, and he is like letting people get hurt, and his excuses for it are lame. <clears throat> so yeah, yes, okay. like, it's about like the only thing he kind of comes back with that still feels a little bit valid is that he's like, is when he comes back with like, well, okay, what would you do about it? Like Harry's answers are very like theoretical, and and that's where you can see like, oh, this would probably just get fucked up in a completely different way. But I right. still, but, but still, like. But yeah, Dumbledore is just kind of sitting back in a sense to be like, oh, well, what can you do? And I was like, yeah, you can't fucking do something. But.
0: Yeah, I think that's kind of the the core of their disagreement is like, over their approaches, the difference in their approaches. Like, Dumbledore, if he's aware or care about, cares about the problem at all, he's kind of just like, well, you know, we can't really do anything. I've thought about taking action, but all this stuff would happen. And Harry's situation is more, or Harry's approach is more like, well, fuck the situation. We will just burn it. You know, we'll, we'll, escalate and if, if trouble comes we'll escalate again um that's that's their back and forth right we let the light win and if the trouble comes of it let light win again which like it sounds great and i like i'm on that side um but i would like to know what exactly that means right
3: carrie <laughs> <Right. Perry> doesn't <laughs> realize yet that sometimes letting the light win means you getting to watch Hermione get eaten by a troll because there's casualties along the way
1: and then also, like, sometimes letting the white win looks like the Bolsheviks going in and, you know, exterminating the entire Tsar family. Like, that's like that sort of level of like righteous indignation turns ugly.
0: Uh, and it almost did. Harry talked just kind of casually about doing whatever he needed to do to this Lord Jugson yeah, yeah. person when he was like, well, all right, cool. If he's a death eater, then I can just do whatever I want. And uh, he, what was it? He, like, I can do whatever I want without, without worries of ethical consequence yeah. or something. And it's like, hold yeah, on, like, hold, yeah, like, hold oh, up now a minute. I'm totally, I
1: can totally have this guy killed now. It's fine. We're good.
0: Yeah. And don't get wrong. The guy sucks. But like, let's, let's, let's be, let's be careful here that before we start saying, Hey, great. I can, you know, I don't think Harry would jump straight to killing the guy, but, um, I, yeah, but like, it wasn't. If it's a, the
2: only option and the guy is a murderer. Harry is willing to do it.
0: Totally. And I, there's yeah. nothing wrong with that. I just. And, like, and it's
1: clearly absolutely necessary that we jump right to that one.
0: Or yeah. Like, <laughs> but I think like, <laughs> you but, you but we're actually
4: we're seeing, we're you.
1: seeing Harry work through it. I mean, and that's kind of what I like is like, like, Harry's like starting to realize these things. Harry, he's starting to be, you know, like he's, he's calming the fuck down and including other people and like seeing gray areas and questioning himself. Like he's getting better.
3: Yes, I just, yeah. I, I gotta say I'm a little bit more concerned with Harry's vigilanteism in that particular scene because while I agree that like, sure, Lord Juxon is basically a concentration camp guard and you don't have to worry about killing him if in the course of a mission or something, like it, it seems almost too much like he's like, Giving himself license to do whatever he wants when it's convenient, and I would much rather he try to find a way to get Lord Jugson held accountable for his time as the concentration camp guard. Yeah, and throw, than him into, just,
2: throw him into uh, Azkaban. That's a much better solution than killing him. Well, not Askaban, <laughs> but like Nurmgaard or wherever it is oh, that they have. Um, what else?
1: Well, like, but like, and like, why is it necessary? It's not necessary to start. You know, having a mental conversation with yourself, cataloging all the all the people that it's okay to have murdered, or you know, imprisoned in Azkaban, or have their lives ruined. Like that—that's—that's that's not a train of thought that was necessary.
2: That's you know,
3: true. I would have been more comfortable with him, like actually trying to bring him to justice in the traditional due process way. Yeah,
2: I mean, I'm it sure. Just, I, I imagine he would have tried that before actually killing him. But, like, the point is that if it actually does have to come down to that, like, it's acceptable. Not that he would want it to, but that if it's actually required to let the light win, then it's, like, the consequences there are morally acceptable. Like, the guy is a concentration camp guard.
3: Maybe it's better to think through these things before the situation comes so you don't hesitate when you need to pull the trigger. I don't know.
0: Yeah, I think I think uh, Harry's first idea was like making it look like he, uh, Jugson betrayed his own people or something, so he'd be forced into exile. Which, like, that sounds like a nice middle ground between killing him and doing nothing. But uh, yeah, I, I just wanted to to remark really quick that it wasn't you know like I I'm trying to remember you know because I've never read read the book this slowly, so like I'm trying to remember what I thought about this book a year ago. Um, it wasn't really until half the conversation with Brian where like I realized I like, oh yeah, you know, it, it, that is a very reasonable reading that that's kind of creepy or that this might be a little over the top or whatever. Um, like some of the, again, just, uh, considering to escalate to the point of, well, don't have to worry about what, what, what I do to that guy. Cause it's an awesome, righteous, badass thing to think. And I'm totally on board with it. But, uh, I just, that's one thing I've, I've, grown to appreciate from listening to the Brian's like reactions to things is uh you know oh yeah that there there is another lens through which to view this that isn't quite like if you take off the um I don't know uh enjoying the show kick-ass John Wick style thing you're like oh yeah wait th- this actually um has a different vibe to it to from you know another point of view that is perfectly reasonable
2: right yeah i mean i agree that it absolutely looks very creepy it's just i feel like what harry is doing is not like okay let's go kill these people he's looking like okay so say we let the light win what's the worst case scenario Uh, like at the end of the day like the worst thing that could end up happening is that they have to kill former death eaters
0: yeah i i mean maybe it's sounds like Nazi sympathizers, but you wonder how many people were roped into the Death Eater line of work? I mean, that's the thing is we don't know. So like if if any of them were roped in via coercion of, you know, we'll kill your family or um, whatever, like Harry doesn't, we don't know that. And therefore Harry doesn't know that, Um, you know, but there might be a case for like, well, some civilian casualties might be needed to accomplish the greater good, but that greater good talk is what gets, you know, gets you to the like straight to the path of being a, uh sad old man like Dumbledore, right? How do you feel about the um
3: incineration of Narcissa Malfoy in that regard? Because like I mean, she was she was more than just like a Nazi sympathizer, she was the wife of the head Nazi. And uh I could see there being an argument made for if you have to torture her to death with fire to send a message to the other Nazis that this war goes no further, maybe it's justified. And I'm I'm curious if if you feel that way or where the difference is steven or me uh either one whoever wants to tackle that particular grenade (laughs) i don't Um, forget
1: like i always saw i'm still not even sure if it really happened like that might be his own piece of theater like no that's like severely fucked up that and the other thing like and i think we we come back to that in the story where so, yeah, that's just that is like a weird little thought experiment. But, like, in the real world, you're almost never in that kind of situation. You're more in like a, you know, do I try to be a good human or not? Um, and so, uh, yeah, I guess, like, if you got to some, you put yourself in that contrived situation of like, oh, this is the way to end the war is to like torture and burn this woman. Um, but, like, in the real world, you don't run in that situation. And it is like more constructed to just fall back on the very super low brow look of just like, do I want to be the kind of person that sets women on fire? Um, So, so yeah.
3: I guess I have a related question that doesn't seem related at first, but kind of is just because we've been talking about how things look and whether specifically things look creepy. Um, In the last episode, this like really stuck out to me and I wanted to ask you about it. And, um now i have the opportunity so i'm gonna take advantage of it
0: can i interject really quick with like i think one thing that that april's april's squeaky oh yeah
3: oh that's Uh, my brother's chair actually but i'll yeah no worries punch your brother set him on fire it is worth it (laughs) i i do not
2: i i do not think i can set him on fire sorry damn it
0: not
1: with that attitude
2: (laughs) sorry you were saying
0: no we'll push we'll push past it um, I was going to ask if I could interject real quick and just point out like one of the first creepy things because I I did a control of to find it in chapter seven. So Harry is first hearing about blood purism. He doesn't know about Death Eaters. He doesn't know about, uh, you know, the the crimes of this this terrorist group. His first thought when he learns about Death Eaters is, I wonder how difficult it would be just to make a list of all the top blood purists and kill them. And like, <laughs> and as a passing thought, you know, that's like not that. I mean, it's not like he he started making a list. That's where it would get really scary, right? But um, th- I think that's the sort of thing that if you look at this through kind of like, is this creepy glasses that that sort of fits like, uh, and that that was one of the first things. You know, I mean, that's again chapter seven earlier on. But um, I I was just when you when we were talking about you know is this particular thing uh, I don't know uh, possibly off putting that was one of the things I remembered earliest from the book was like, oh yeah, he did think about just killing a bunch of people he had never met. And like, the, you know, the thing is and like, again,
1: yeah. And that's not, that's not an accident. Cause that's so over the top. Like,
0: well, right. And, but like, it's and not and like that's he, also part of the
1: ways that we're seeing that, like, cause we're still like in those first few chapters, we're still like getting included in like, oh wait, he's not really, he's not an 11 year old boy. Like all the other 11 year old boys.
0: Yeah. I, and to be clear, know, you know, maybe. he doesn't, he doesn't start putting together a list. It, it was like a passing thought, but and it, it also doesn't feel like a very hairy thought. Maybe this is just kind of like a you know the author's still finding his legs because that's not the way Harry would like. That's not how he thinks about stuff. He he thinks like I do. I mean,
2: uh, sharpen huck for buff bones. <laughs> that's
0: true
4: too. Uh, that
2: that's good. not so many
4: chapters I, later.
0: That, that's a good point. I I was just thinking like you know if you if you kill people who disagree with you even on things that are, are really matter you never give them a chance to grow and be better and be on your be on the right side right. Like that, I, that, that's the, that's I the main issue with f- like using death as the solution to a, a disagreement.
3: Oh yeah, totally. Well, yeah, I just want to say, I don't know, like th- if this is just, maybe I'm the weird one, but, uh, I that's think it. yeah, I, I think <laughs> it's actually fairly common among young men to think that if you could just kill the bad people, it would solve the world's problems. I think that's one of the reasons young men are generally so violent and out in the streets and stuff. Cause like, I was there when I was young. I was just like, if we could just get rid of these terrible people that are making society awful, things would be great. And uh turns out that's not the case, but you don't know <laughs> that when you're that young. Yeah. Well, yeah, I and, think and, and I think
1: that's like – and that's and, But I, but we're actually – we're watching, like, Harry go through that. We're, like, watching him work through those things and going through, like, that first super simple, like, oh, this all just looks so obvious to me. If we could just get rid of all the bad people, everything would be good.
2: Yeah. I don't – I mean, there are – are still remaining challenges to overcome once you've gotten rid of all of the really bad stuff. Like, that I think Harry is aware of that, like, death and like poverty and stuff are still going to be problems, even if like blood purism isn't.
0: Yeah. It, I, I was just trying to, I was just tossing that thought around in my head and hadn't said anything in a while, but what were you going to say, Inyash, about the most recent chapter? There was an example of something or other.
3: Oh, yeah. Uh, well, I'll get to that just a sec real quick. Just checking, I found the weird one. Did you guys not have fantasies of just like mass carnage and slaughtering bad people when you were young?
0: I watched, uh, you know, Roroni Kenshin and uh, that sort of thing, right? And granted, though, Kenshin's a great example. He he explicitly doesn't kill people, but he does beat them down with force to you know stop bad people. So that that is that that's the nice silver lining. Maybe I was more of a Kenshin than of a uh, um, a John Wick. <laughs>
1: yeah and and i definitely don't want to say like oh no i was just like too high minded and too good of a person to think about like massacring people but i get but i don't think i did ever have any idea like that in in with like an idea that like oh i'm going to like fix the world if like you know if only we could like you know if i could kill all the bad people then i don't think i ever had that idea around it still probably pr- plenty of evil thoughts but nothing where i was like telling myself like oh this is going to make everything better
3: okay so the thing i was wondering about the last episode was um so quarrels into the forest uh drinking unicorn blood which he needs to survive apparently and uh like brian said something along the lines of maybe you know think about this creepy ass thing lurking around in shadows drinking blood before you do it like don't you wonder if that's weird and then like mm-hmm. the very next chapter harry brings him a unicorn and uh it it, it is a nice clean pebble and it's like, Oh, here is your medicine. And that did not seem creepy or weird. It seemed like you were saying, yes, that is a good thing to do. And I was like, I don't understand the difference between their two actions because in both cases they were killing a unicorn and consuming its blood. And like, why was one bad and the other good?
1: So I guess like, so yeah, if you're only going to be sitting in the, you know, foyer of your brain um, and only looking at everything super literally. So yeah, it's like on all the literal ways, it's true. But then I guess what I keep coming back to this is most of the time are we do not live in lives that fit these neat little thought experiments we have. We live in this like fucked up, ambiguous levels of just ignorance and uncertainty where you don't know what the right thing to, to do is and you don't even know if – whatever you did ended up being the right thing to do. And so you do have to fall back to these like super lame things about just like, I just don't want to be the creepy fuck. Like if all other things being equal and I don't know what the hell is going on, I should probably not take the course of action that has like unicorn blood dripping down my face. And I probably shouldn't like, like be cool hanging out with the people that do that because you never know the whole story. You never even know close to the whole story. Um, and so you do like fall back on these things like, like rules of thumb. Like, you know, when it's all turned to shit, what would I like to look back on and say that like, okay, this in the absence of knowing anybody better, I chose to be like this. Because yeah, like if you get like, if you know all the facts, if you are in that weird little thought experiment, then yes, definitely. Like if the only possible way Coral could survive was to go out and have unicorn blood dripping down his face. Then sure, probably didn't need to do it that way though. In fact, we know he didn't need to do it that way. He could have like very cleanly, neatly, like had the unicorn, you know, put to sleep and then drained its blood humanely, blah blah blah. But he didn't. He like totally did this weird theater thing to like freak people the fuck out. Um. So yeah, yeah. It's I mean, it's all just so yeah. On the, on the specifics on the content, it's not different, but the like the non specifics are important. Like what kind. Of, what were you thinking about in how that was going to look to other people and what kind of person that was going to present to other people? And did you care?
3: Okay. I think that That maybe just one of the big places where we we differ. Because for me, that's always been the thing that I didn't particularly care about because the things that other people cared about were like, you know, are you attractive? Like, uh, is it gross that you're kissing a dude or whatever, you know? And- like I, that, that's, I think that's why I fell out of caring how other people thought things looked and just started defaulting to, you know, what are the consequences of this particular thing? Um, yeah. No, I, I mean, no, and no, that's, that's still true, but I'm there's
1: thinking. still also like you, if you, cause even regardless of like how other people might see it, most of the time you don't know what the consequences of your actions are going to be regardless, like not even about like how are other people going to see them, but you only have like a a fucked up faulty idea of what the consequences of your actions are going to be yeah. You So yeah, if you could analyze it all and figure it all out, then sure. But most of the time you can't. And then you do have to like, just fall back on, you know, if I'm, if I'm going to blindly do act a certain way, not knowing enough, how do I want to act? Is that what kind of person do I want to be?
3: I um, agree with you entirely. I think my only dif- my main contention is that like, I, I will have to work on what I do know, and I don't know why I would trust other people to to inform me with their vague feelings. Uh,
1: yeah, like- I guess. My, yeah, maybe not even like what other people, but like so like a way less shitty thing. I mean, because Coral's evil, so he was doing this to be evil. But like the not evil version of what Coral could have done was he definitely was powerful enough to painlessly put a unicorn to sleep and. I don't know, abracadabra, the blood out of the body. Like he could have done that in a in a way that was like, there was no gore and no trauma to anybody. And he didn't have to scare a bunch of kids in the forest. Like, and had that all been done, then it totally would have been like way, then that would have been about the same as Harry, you know, changing, you know, turning a unicorn into a pebble and bringing it in. Yeah. Um, but he did this like totally creepy over the top stuff. And I guess, yeah, you go back like, oh, just because it's creepy doesn't mean it's bad. And while, yeah, that may be true, there, all of the things about that that made it creepy actually were bad. Like he caused pain and he scared people and he, you know, made this big. It was basically like a little mini act of terrorism. Those things are bad. So no, he didn't just kill and eat a unicorn. He also did all of those other things, and it was those other things that made it bad. And Harry didn't do those things. He just he did like the minimal thing. He like, and we got got to like walk through his whole head about like Harry had a really hard time. He was really worried about like, oh, am I killing this thing? Is it okay? We got to like walk through all that, and we know Quirrell didn't give a fuck about any of that.
0: Might be okay, the difference those between are, like good points. Thank you. If, if you yeah. if you have to eat a cow to survive, and it, it would be one thing to say, okay, well, I've, I'm going to kill it with a baseball bat, and it's going to take me 20 minutes to kill it, or I've got the nice whatever you know bolt tool they use to kill them, you know, in a, in an instant. If you chose to use the bat, that would be the off putting thing, right? It's not it's not the fact of eating the cow to save your life; it's the fact that you chose to use the bat to kill it. Oh, sorry, April. You were going to talk before too. What were you going to say?
2: Yeah, yeah. I, I was about to say basically what Brian ended up saying. Like the it's the actual act of eating the unicorn is exactly the same, but the all the stuff that made it creepy was a bunch of other bad stuff
0: Quirrell did. Oh, I like that. And you know, well, I guess they the, like go
1: back to my totally lowbrow version of it though. Like my reaction was totally a like not at all thought out. Like, oh, that's just icky. But, like, there's reasons we have, like, there, and you totally should, like, okay, is it okay that I thought it was just icky? Like, you should go and question those things. But most of the time, like, that's an accurate take. Like, there's a reason we have these, like, gut reactions is because millions of years of evolution means that they work most of the time. So, like, look at them, but. But yeah, and they go like, okay, why was this icky? Well, it was because there's blood dripping down his face. they like, okay, blood dripping down his face. Yeah, because he like fucking murdered the thing in a, like a painful, shitty way. And like, oh, well, and he also looked like really fucking scary. Well, like, yeah, he unnecessarily scared everybody. But yeah, you've heard like in half a second, it's just like, oh, that's fucking evil.
0: Um, yeah, it's also like, too in the book up. that you could hear the horse scream, which means that he didn't, you know, bring it down yeah. quickly and, and yeah. silently, right? Um, yeah. who knows that what also maybe? Like, yeah, and Cole's like
1: hypercompetence. Of- you yeah, know, he, like nothing he does is on accident. Like, so yeah, he did he, all of that on
0: purpose. He could have stunned it, but it, maybe instead he just shot like a, you know, a, a hex that broke all of its legs at once or something, you know, like we he don't could, know. And he, knows, could have, he could have
1: silenced it so that nobody could have heard the scream. Yeah, there's, so there's so many things he could have done. So anything that he didn't do was on purpose.
0: Yeah. And what's fun is like this, this reminds me just in passing, like you're, and I, you call it low brow, but I think there's a huge like benefit to thinking about things that in the, in the mindset of like, well, let's, let's look at the real world actually, rather than these, these kind of okay. highfalutin thought experiments. Like there was really, uh, it would have been really early in, in my and my wife's relationship where like we went, we went and met a friend for coffee and he, he and I were talking about like some con- contrived philosophical case where like the the offset between like being honest to somebody and like, I don't know, being uh, like paying back your debts or something. And we managed to develop this really contrived case where he's like, okay, sure. But if you knew that he was going to use the gun to hurt somebody uh, or hurt himself, you know, would you still return it to him even if it belonged to him? Like the classic Socrates thing. And Rachel had been sitting there patiently, like, I don't know, having a drink or something while we're at this coffee shop, just he and I, you know, mentally masturbating each other with philosophy. And she just (laughs) chimes up and she's like, in that case, I'd just call the cops. And I'm like, you know, that's the correct answer. Oh, wait a minute. You know, like, I forget. We're we're in 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 the real world. We just like
1: mind fuck ourselves into like thinking, yeah.
0: Yeah. Like, so there, there is a virtue into keeping things grounded in reality, but it is, I... While also being just fun mental masturbation, I do think that like there's a virtue when you have time to think about things in like contrived specific ways because it it lets you maybe generate intuitions you wouldn't otherwise have, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. And you should always like quit – like always like question those not always you don't have time all the time but yeah quite like those things that are like those dumb gut level moves you, like do quite like does that make sense is that okay and a lot of the times they aren't that that's like our moment of being human is when we like figure out that this you know instinctual reaction i'm trying to do is stupid and i should cut it out um but most of the time they're totally valid and especially if you sort of like mind fuck yourself into like you know stop having like a common sense response to things, then lost the plot.
3: I, I distrust the whole, most of the time they make sense thing, but that's why I am of the, you know, persuasion of people that does overanalyze everything and always asks these sorts of dumb questions. So I, I, I am glad we had that talk. Cause that, that was very enlightening.
0: Well, and, and don't get me wrong. I'm very much in the, in the camp of thinking about things and analyzing them, but like, sometimes you've got to make a decision, right? Like, right well yeah you know so like it it's great when you're having coffee or a drink to sit and and talk about stuff but sometimes the situation arises it's like oh shit what do i do you don't have time to to go through the gymnastics or the the exercises of entertaining them which is why like it's useful at the end of this whole process to like actually have developed a an ethics right that's the stupid part about life you can't ever just pause it and think things through that would be nice yeah. There's a great video. There's a handful of video games that do that, but that's <laughs> cheating. So. I, I
2: think most video games do that, actually.
0: That's true. Those, a lot of games you can pause. Most single player games. Most yeah. player games. I was thinking like the game uh, Superhot. Hot save and reset. Where you get to. Oh, that was a cool Where, where time yeah. doesn't move unless you move. Mm. And so people jump in or, or whatever, and you get to look around, think about what you're going to do, and they don't. time doesn't start again until you're actually moving and taking action. Yeah. Uh, but that's not a life where yeah. you don't get you kill, spidey you kill 20 sense.
1: people in three seconds.
0: Exactly. We, we don't get that spidey sense bullet time. All that's right. A cool game. Should, We've should, only talked for a, a little over an hour and a half, guys. We need we need more. We need to fill the air Those more
1: rookie numbers.
0: April, <laughs> where are you double at
2: this time? Where am I? At? I uh, what,
0: what, what do you want to talk about?
2: What do I want to talk about? I have no idea.
0: <laughs> oh, man. Let's <laughs> are see. i supposed
2: to prepare a list of topics.
0: No, no, I didn't mean to put you on the spot. I just figured if, uh, you know, you got the chance, you'd, you'd talk about the show if you wanted to, you know, bring some of that here or something. But uh, mainly I just feel bad because I haven't minded sitting in the back seat. but I don't know if you've been uh, no, I, enjoying I, as I much mean, as I have.
2: I, I feel like, I mean, Eniash and Brian have very different stances on a lot of things, and hearing them talk about it is very enlightening in general.
0: We're just sitting there sharing popcorn.
2: (laughs) (laughs) No, you're a fucking idiot. No, you're a fucking idiot. idiot. (laughs) I want to listen to an Inas Ryan podcast. I think that would be very good, honestly.
4: Nice.
1: Yeah, Inas. How about you and I read Frankenstein?
3: Oh, God. (laughs) Oh, There's a whole thing about how I so misread Frankenstein. Oh, I, I'm and, curious. And I,
1: I like I think I did that for like that was like uh because Amy Ash and I met like it's been a long time now, but, at uh, uh at a book club, a science fiction book club, and so it was like uh Halloween of that year. And I'm like, oh we should read Frankenstein because A science fiction and it's Halloween. Um yeah, and so we read it and and it's like one of my favorite books because it's so on the nose for me. But um I uh, but, dis- but yeah, because you you're, you're take – you're yeah, and you, well, yeah, you despise it because you're like, wow, this fiction Frankenstein's an asshole. I'm like, well, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because what you thought—I think what you said—that you're like, oh, it's just some like lame cautionary tale about technology.
4: Well, Well, that
1: would be be a lame book. That book would suck.
3: (laughs) It it was that Victor Frankenstein was basically a negligent dad who created this amazing being, but then abandoned it and let it be abused and. I just I hated him so much, and it felt yes. to me like the book was saying like, "What a great guy this Victor Frankenstein and is."
1: Feel the hate through I don't you. I
2: think that's what the book was saying. That's I, I, right. I, apparently, was, that's talking, not, not what like, the. <laughs> well, no. You're, yeah, you're totally, <laughs> that's how you all, everything you
1: hated about Victor Frankenstein, you're totally supposed to hate all those things. And you'd be like, "Oh yeah, you motherfucker! You oh you made this thing and you abandon it. You suck."
2: Yeah. Yeah. And this, and that, this is uh, suspiciously reminiscent of Brian's opinion about H. M. R. That's exactly what I was about <laughs> to say. Yes.
4: <laughs> what? Wait. Well, how so that,
3: that you feel like you're supposed to hate Harry, and and see, no, I, I don't
1: know, no, because well, no, no, the difference is like you were never supposed to like Victor Frankenstein. Like, he's just a yeah. beginning to end. Um, no, I th- no, because and I do, I do like Harry now, but I I would hate Harry if he was just the same asshole the whole book. But he's I, not; like he's growing.
3: Yeah, no, I got the feeling like when I was reading Frankenstein, I got the feeling like we weren't. He wasn't being set up for us just to hate on him for the whole book. I thought that he was like I don't know. There was some supposed to be something admirable about him, and like that really infuriated me because there was nothing good to like about this character. There is
1: yeah yeah no the whole thing of frankenstein was uh like like the symbolism behind that is frankenstein is like this unnatural thing made without a mother and mary shelley's mother died in birth and so she grew up with this kind of like self-loathing thing of oh i'm a person i'd like i am death and i killed my own mother and so like that sort of like oh i am a monster i'm a monster with no mother an unnatural thing
0: so yeah like depressing
1: as shit motherfucker I know it's yeah. awesome. It's fucking, oh, it's, <laughs> it's really good. I, I do it like that's the last time I read it was when you and I uh, read it. And I was like, oh, uh, you know what? In college, I like developed a really big tolerance for like glacially paced, like dead English people literature. Like, I'm like, oh, this is pretty slow. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you could use like a car chase here. But, still like it though.
0: Yeah, it's it's dark.
2: Let see. It's Frankenstein. I would expect it to be dark. There you go. Yeah.
0: As long as we're filling the air with book talk, I need to just mention uh, Matt Freeman. I think he mentioned it on the first stretcher episode we had. Uh, when talking about mystery books, I think he mentioned a book by Tana French called into the woods. Maybe you just mentioned the author. In any case, I'm almost done with this book and I'm fucking loving it. I'm buying everything else. Tana French ever wrote. And nice. it's a lot of fun. About- it's a mystery book. Um, oh yeah. It's a- yeah. I mentioned it during a uh, uh, game night, but it was like the, the the short version is that a detective has to go back to the small town he's from that he left cuz of some interesting troubled stuff in a in mystery-esque stuff in his childhood now he's a detective and some kid gets brutally murdered there um and it, it the I, i'm not like giving the whatever uh, dust jacket synopsis very much justice. But I don't know. It's a lot of fun. And what's great about it is like and this is just the same sort of thing that I like. And okay, it does tie back in about methods of rationality is that like the characters aren't being idiots. And that that's like my favorite thing to enjoy. Like yeah. that 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 to me, like there there are times where I can just put that on the shelf, you know, or put my my just dist- my distaste of that, you know, aside to enjoy something. But like if you're um if you're watching something and like the characters are taking it seriously, but they're like, or the the authors seem to be taking it seriously, but all the characters are being dumb, then it's really annoying. Uh, but like in this, you know, the, like they're, the, it's, I'm like, they're doing a, a, you know, an interview at somebody's house or something. And it just feels unsettling. And then when they get out, they're like, that was fucking weird. Right. I'm like, good. you guys notice too? That's so cool. <laughs> um but like, it doesn't say, and the atmosphere was unsettling in the, like the part where they're in there interviewing the the people. It's just like, it, it, I don't know, whatever it is, the author's painting a perfect picture and I'm loving it. But like another good example of like that sort of like people not being idiots vibe. Um, the Boys is a good show on Amazon. If anyone hasn't watched it, uh, it's a lot of fun. And like part of what, and part of what doesn't detract from the fun is all the characters aren't idiots. Like it's, it's fun to see what would happen in a in a situation where like all right well i don't know i i'm rambling now but i i do love the i right,
1: say yeah yeah you know, i watched the, the first episode I like it. it feels like it's like a sleazy watchman
0: it is
1: like a in different a, in a cool it's way. a different like, vibe
0: like, yeah yeah uh, oh yeah like the to, first that same one idea, has but then, like
1: make everybody like super sleazy
0: i think i remember the part that you're talking about in the first one that is not a wildly no, large not, component like of problem. it Uh, thankfully but it but it it, but it is heavily illustrative of like oh yeah these people fucking suck um it's like i was actually talking with somebody about this and it's like yeah superman would be great unless superman was homelander like then then it's like uh we i think i was trying to persuade somebody to read uh, a metropolitan man which we need to do um and like this isn't like someone was. They were like, "Well, no, they're they're messing with my boy Superman." I'm like, "No, he's played straight. It's just like if you were worried that he might be a Homelander situation, then like, what do you do?" Um, that's basically Metropolitan Man. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. All right. Is this gonna be our shortest episode ever? Or does anyone else have anything they want to talk about?
2: Is this is, weird. is this the shortest episode ever?
0: That's eh, up there.
1: We, like, how how do you and I burn through three hours? Like, I guess it's because we're like trying to cover a whole. We're like going through. Through plot points, trying to cover it. Yeah, I guess this is just pure side conversation.
3: I guess, I guess that just the the Frankenstein thing still kind of bothers me. <laughs> <laughs> I think more than anything else, it's because I don't, I don't think author intention matters. I think that a work should stand on its own, and like knowing her intention is all well and good. But when I read the book, I just, I don't like it. I'm filled with revulsion for this character who it feels like is being pre- presented as a good man and that makes me dislike the whole story.
1: Yeah, I guess, I mean, and I I totally get if you thought that Victor Frankenstein is being presented as a good guy then that's a fucking awful story. Um I don't like I think I I think i said this at some point like the whole and i totally get the like as far as like trying to divine the author's intent what i really hated when i was getting my useless bachelor's degree was like the way that like books were sort of treated like not even about telling a story anymore but just to sort of like some weird piece of anthropology so you could help like understand what was like 19th century england for the rich and famous like like who gives a fuck mm. um and it, like and it's just sort of like just hollows out the story as if it's not a thing being told by somebody to tell us something. It's just this weird like piece of evidence to analyze either the person or like, even where like even a, a step worse was like, Oh, what does this tell us about this part of the world at this, at this time? Um, And, but like only slightly better and still shitty is like, Oh, like how can we psychoanalyze, you know, blah, blah. And then what did they really like? What does this say? Like when you're sort of, like robbing them of having like robbing them of having any any intention. You're like no longer like kind of taking them at their word for what they're saying. But on the the other side though is like it seems like really sort of sad and empty and creepy to sort of pretend like there was no other actual human walking the planet who had these thoughts and is sharing them. Um, especially if like if if not in a way to sort of like second guess them or like psychoanalyze them, but like, there's so much like, just like this thing with Frankenstein, like once you like know that little bit, and I guess it was like backed up with like some of her own like journal writing about it and stuff. But like, once you kind of know that, and then you realize like, Oh, that's, what's like going on. Like when she's telling this story, this is what she's doing. It's suddenly like you, you get like a much bigger, like you're, you're now having this, like, and for me, this is where I get like all mushy about it. Like what I really like about stories is, um, like it really feels like like she's dead she's been dead for like 200 years but i still feel like i'm having this like actual emotional authentic experience with another human through this story they told and so and that's what like to so like call it like death of the author or whatever like so not so much like oh we just need to like psychoanalyze everything but like to at least like still acknowledge like this was a like every kind of story is somebody saying like oh i'm a human on this planet and this was something i was thinking And I'd like to tell you about it. And so of like, at least keep that part where like, this is like, you know, this is, you know, an exchange of, of stuff between people. Um, That's the part that's like kind of still important to me.
3: Yeah. And that was beautifully put.
0: I agree. That was, uh, I, I, I'm lost for words, but that was awesome. I think that is, uh, (laughs) it's, it's one of those things like, uh, I think Saunders is the word for it where like, you're sitting there in traffic, and like you, you're hit with like the sense that like, oh yeah, everyone stuck in traffic with me is thinking about something. They're 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 they've got goals that they're currently moving towards. Oh well, not moving towards because we're in traffic jam. Like it's, <laughs> it's it's like that 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 sort of vibe. Goals are not
1: moving it, towards.
0: It brings you know humanity back into the forefront instead of just like you know keeping you all in your own head. Um. Mm-hmm. I was going to yeah, ask. That's I want
1: to. I, I was something. Uh, the other thing I was thinking about when I when I had that thought is like one of the author the author that I like get that the most strongly with is Shakespeare, which is pretentious as fuck, sounding. But um, <laughs> but there's something weird about Shakespeare that like of all the, the authors of weird work is just a playwright. But like that like I feel like how you get to know, and that may also be why like I'll find an author that I like, and then I will read every single thing they wrote. Um, Cause it's sort of like, Oh, I'm trying to like get to know them. And there's something about Shakespeare where like, that's the person like, I feel like he, he communicates himself the most through his stories of anybody else. Like, I feel like I know him better than any other author I've read. Um, and so then it would be like stuff like, Oh, like me just sort of like unilaterally uh, deciding that like Midsummer night's dream is not a comedy. It's a tragedy and fuck you because he's my buddy Shakespeare and I know better. And he's just sad about it. And so fuck off. He was just kidding. Um, and like getting sort of like defensive on his part, but also this like totally unfounded certainty that like, no, he didn't really mean it. He, this was actually just this like sick, not not sick joke, but like, he's being like ironic in calling it a comedy. Um, totally just based on this like irrational, you know, emotional connection to this, you know, my idea of who this person was. Um, the other thing that I thought what occurred to me, it was like a few years ago was, um that's also the reason why i really like neil gaiman and i realized that they remind neil gaiman and shakespeare remind me a lot of each other but only as people the writing styles aren't very close to each other really at all but so i'm like curious actually it's uh, daniel who did that that we had on here before he's because he's like also uh has read a lot of shakespeare uh that's why i'd be curious like what his opinion of that like or anybody else that's like read both and has an opinion about that like like both they don't feel like the writing styles are even at all the same, but they sort of like they are sort of like these same kind of like sweet, sad men. Hmm. Um and that like comes across like you get a sense of like, okay, just who is this person? Um and that they really feel a lot like each other. And so I think that's also why I oh, like Neil oh, I just found out wrote Lucifer or you wrote the characters that it was based on.
3: Yeah, um, the um the comic book series. Yeah.
1: Which I, I just binge watched it on Netflix. And I'm pissed off it ended in the middle of the season.
4: Oh, that kind of sucks. <laughs> but, but, like
1: half, I don't, they didn't cancel it. It's like halfway through the season and then they just stopped. So it's going to be like months before it's done. The show is way better than it has a right to be. It should be way cheesier. But
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think I can think of something that might spark at least five minutes of conversation. Um, Inosh, we may have had this question last time you were on too, but we're at now a new point in the book. What is your well, – we'll start with April because I, I feel like you're – I feel I don't feel okay. bad about me not getting t- time to talk, but um, I mean, what, really,
2: it's, it, I'm not too upset about it.
0: But thank right, no, I, I believe you. I think it's just like you know I wanted to, wanted to talk to you too. So <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. What what is what was uh, like? So you read the sequences, then you read this. Was there a? Um, oh, I mean, they, I guess I've got a couple of maybe related questions i'll, I'll make it three because i like working in threes one would you recommend this book to people that's the easiest one two um would you recommend reading this over the sequences uh maybe that's not actually a good question but we'll see and then the third one is simply three. like what's your favorite part of the book so far of
2: unladen swallow. <laughs> okay. um hmm. i mean i enjoyed it um Again, like, there's a thing where, like, a lot of people are, like, Brian, where they find Harry really annoying, so that makes me reluctant to recommend it sometimes, but to people who are sufficiently in, like, the rationality mindset, I would absolutely recommend it, um, although I don't recommend it very often, so maybe I should tell more people to read it.
0: <laughs> um, I finally hit, like, this tipping point where I was like, you know what, I'm gonna just, like, stop not talking about it, and... <laughs> I stop I, not
1: talking about
0: it. Yeah, I mean not just like this, but like other you know nerdy things that I like. I finally just like decided I don't know. Maybe when I started this job, I was like, you know what, I'm not going to like keep myself to myself. I'm going to start talking and be be open to stuff. Hey, everyone, check out the show. That's awesome. Read this book. I thought it was great. Um, that sort of stuff. But it was a deliberate yeah, transition. I, I haven't
2: really done that yet.
0: Yeah, since it's, you had asked it, me
2: that time, I, the cost. I, I thought that,
1: like the thing I think that would really that you probably. Could recommend a lot more. Like so, if a lot of people are going to have the same reaction to me that I did, um, if you if you tell them like it's okay that you think he's a dick, like that, you don't have to be okay with that, and it's not going to be that way the whole time. Um, Then, because I think. Cause it was sort of a combination of like a, just like not liking it, but then also not being sure Is like, Oh, am I just supposed to like be okay with this? Is this going to just be how it is? So I think like being sort of like reassured of that in the beginning, like, don't worry, like a, you're not crazy for uh, being put off by that. And it's okay. It's not like that. There will be a payoff for that. Don't worry
2: about it.
0: Mm I That that, that would help
1: a
2: lot. I can dig it. Question two was what I meant over the sequences.
0: Yeah. I don't think that's a good Um, question. hmm. That's, I mean I, I think me. it's
2: more accessible, maybe. I... I think it's
0: also a good like litmus test. Like if you if you hate this, you'll hate if you especially if you hate like the if you hate the tone of the entire story, if you uh don't find any of the, the cognitive science interesting, you won't find the sequences interesting, is maybe my answer. But I, I realize that I think it's not a great question.
2: Yeah, I, I agree. It's like a... uh <laughs>
4: Do
1: many people get turned off by the like the rationality part of it? Because that part has been like totally cool. That's not at all what what bothered me about it. Are the people that don't like that part of it?
4: Hmm.
3: In my experience has generally been that people who don't like it specifically don't like Harry. They think he's a little shit.
1: Yeah. I don't understand why they would think that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, I think yeah. people who have had negative experiences with the rationalist community might get turned off by that part, or who think it's like. Who are thinking of like Ben Shapiro or whatever instead of like is it actual rationalists?
0: Yeah. Yeah, is is I I hear about Ben Shapiro once every month. Is he has he actually is he aware of those? Does he himself like, rationalist? Yeah. And if he does, no, does he, he does talk not. does he talk about the less wrong stuff? Okay, so he's, he's yeah, just he what people think isn't. of. So he he's just the he's the one that does like just the owned the libs just of facts troll. and logic, right? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. Right. Okay, yeah, that guy sounds like a dick. Um, I'm I'm glad my my. I vibe mean, we, on that we care right.
2: about facts and logic, so obviously we're exactly like him.
0: Oh, yes, yeah, well, yes, that's and, how and these things work. The whole the whole point oh, is so we we'll own the, the people. Yeah.
1: So, is Nate Silver from 538 uses all the same buzzwords as you fuckers? Mm. Is he like explicit? Is he explicitly rationalist? Because like he does it. It's not just like he. It's like a big, his big ones are like he talks about updating his priors. Uh, the modal outcome. He's got a bunch of like things that are very, um, they're not just sort of like compatible. They sound like, you know, the speak of the rationalist community. Do we not like, uh, I spoke spoken I, those words? I, I don't, I, I think I he's just a probability for, theorist.
0: Which yeah, there's
1: that. All those well, things. Yeah, be. something like he goes to, there was something else he said that was like, not, it didn't have to necessarily be like, oh, he's just a person that like deals with math a lot. It was like, oh, that actually sounds like, like you listen to the same you know, people.
3: Yeah. Around the 2005 to 2012 ish period, there was a lot of people uh, who now have, you know, moved on to being uh, more involved in, uh, I don't know, more weighty events, I guess. But at the time, when they were young, late teens, early 20s, uh, spent a lot of time in these forums uh, chatting with each other. And it wasn't necessarily less wrong, but it was the same groups of people, the SL4 people, the less wrong people, the that sort of internet intellectual uh, stew there had a whole bunch of people that came out of it. So, um, I don't, I don't know that he actually calls himself that, but I would be willing to bet that he has spent some amount of, uh, a fair amount of time with those sorts of people chatting with them and, yeah, being involved in that same
2: thing. I vaguely remember, I think it was a conversation I read on R slash Sneer Club or something, where, like, someone mentioned that a title in his book explaining Bayes' theorem was a reference to Wrong or appeared to be. And someone else said it was actually an entirely different reason. And so I I am not sure.
0: <laughs> if you're a probability theorist and don't talk about Bayes' theorem, you're not a probability theorist, right? <laughs> that, like, is, that is true. It, that, yeah, that's well, so true. That,
1: actually, I don't think, I don't think I, I, he's, I don't, I haven't ever heard him talk about, say the word Bayes. Um, but, and you could be involved with that. The phrase that he uses a lot is updating his priors, mm-hmm. update my priors, which like, I mean that's a specific phrase. Like you could even you know be thinking those ideas, but that it wouldn't have to be expressed with those exact words. Especially the word "prior" as a noun um, seems like oh you're like that's the same vocabulary you're using the same.
4: like, that well, sounds those, like that's it comes from the that's community.
3: Yeah, well, and that is specifically from the um, basis theorem. But
0: again, that's that's old yeah, but enough. The speci- yeah, the specific yeah.
1: phrasing though is, seems like like that that had to have come from the same
0: place. Yeah let's see favorite part april of the book thus far
2: uh favorite part of the book um
0: and then we'll go down my list which goes in my for whatever reason the order on my screen is uh april inyash and then ludo bagman so
2: (laughs) do i have i I don't have a favorite part that stands out particularly in my mind i like the ending which obviously i cannot talk about (laughs) Um, the, part,
1: the part where we find out it was Ludo Bagman the whole time
2: so so I think it's a common complaint people have about HPMR is that it's like it doesn't really feel like there is a cohesive plot which like it's kind of broken up into separate arcs which I think is fine It's like you can't really have a only a single plot line throughout a work this long um. So I guess like near the end where it kind of like all comes together into the climax is really cool because it feels like everything is (laughs) like it's been building to something. And now like it finally all makes sense how everything's connected instead of it just feeling like several independent smaller stories. But that is it's starting to happen. But most of that is in the upcoming chapters. Right on. So I can't talk in much detail about everything going on there.
0: No, that, that I I cool. I feel like I'm in in your boat exactly, and it's hard to think now that we're coming up on the end, like of the the stuff that's happened. Where I'm like, oh yeah, that part was awesome. But uh, so I'll pass the buck to Inyash. If you, I mean, this is also like a pretty boring question. We can talk about whatever you guys want. So um, I just figured it sounded like we had dead air and couldn't have that. So <laughs> so which question? I,
3: like um, I God, you, do you know, like would I recommend the uh,
2: the no, HBR? I,
0: I think I know your answers to that one. We talked about that before. But the uh, what it, would you recommend it, you like? did yeah. not nah. HBR. <laughs> No. <laughs> um, do, like, what's your? Not unless what's, it's book. What's the best part of the book so far for you?
3: <sighs> oh
0: man! Yeah, see, it's hard. That's why I feel like this is a like a bad interview question.
1: It's probably easier to like like rattle off instead of like what's the most like rattle off three or four.
0: The thing is like, don't worry so much. Yeah. There's different
3: things that are good in different ways. Like I really, really love the first time we see uh, the human Patronus because of the sense of like triumph and humanism and how humanity is going to achieve these great things. It's just inspiring. And, and, uh, and so much just good feeling that comes from that. Uh but I also love the Askaban arc because it's the exact opposite. It's dreadful and depressing, and I love that too, you know? It's it's almost like horror uh-esque. And uh and I think I thought it does it very well. And like then there's just some really sweet parts, like uh when Quirrell casts the the Shimmering the Looking at the Stars spell for Harry, or when uh Harry's at his uh mother's grave and sees that uh Bible verse, which just encapsulates what he's going to his entire philosophy and what he's going to do. And, and the small note of grace. And I thought that was just touching. So I don't know. There's, there's good parts in different ways. And then, you know, every time he, uh, uh argues with
0: Dumbledore and owns the libs is great too. So <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping you'd say something like that.
3: Mm.
0: No, that, that was a good answer too. Facts and logic.
3: <laughs> exactly.
0: Well, we are coming up on two hours, but we've got to chop out the first couple minutes because that was just warming up the mics. So we got to, unless we, you know, don't feel like dragging this out for two more minutes, does anyone have anything else they want to talk about? I don't think it's that bad a thing to be a few minutes under two hours. Not me either. I just, I feel like it's a good mark to hit because we're so close.
2: This already a like, double length Metamore episode.
0: Hey, yes. you know, when you, when <laughs> oh, you think right. of it that way, that's actually it's, a good way we can, a we're reading in the middle. episode. Yeah.
1: Oh, that's true. Yeah.
0: Are you guys aware of literally anybody who listens to Metamore but doesn't listen to this? Because that'd be weird.
1: That would be extra weird. That, that's almost as weird as like, people that read HPMOR without reading the original books.
0: I or people who listen to this without reading
3: Methods of like Rationality. <laughs> 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 yeah. I mean, there's, we don't even have an RSS feed. There's one place on the internet yes, you we can do. find we us. Have
2: R- we have an RSS feed. What? What? <laughs> what? When did we get an RSS feed? Uh, Koi started making one uh, recently. I don't remember one. Oh sure. Somebody should okay. be like
1: put together. Somebody should put together a proper RSS feed that's got like the chapters of the book, then the HBO, <laughs> then the then the we want more episode, and then the rebuttal episode.
0: You know, for it. So you mentioned that Koi is putting that together for you. It, I, it's in the show notes, every episode. But Koi is the fucking champion who just. I think he even asks. It's like, hey, can I make an RSS feed for this? And it's like. Holy shit! Will you? Thank you.
1: Yes, please. Um,
0: yes, yes, it's please. awesome. And so, what it does is it it grabs uh, the audiobook chapters that are for the upcoming reading, and then it has the uh, "We Want More" episode next to it. It's awesome. And thank you so much for doing that. Yeah, and we could and hack. We could hack
1: them. We could hack the, the Metamore episodes into that <laughs> into the same feed, so it just all shows up. One stop shopping.
0: I think we'd have to wait until. Well, the downside is that the Metamore is uh, fully spoiler. Well, yeah, yeah okay. we it's spoil all the like way to thing. the end of
1: the book. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I guess that's true. Oh
0: well. You guys also need intro and outro music, even if it's just like two seconds worth.
3: It's it's not mm. that it's it's not a legit podcast, man. <laughs> Takes 15 it was, seconds. A whim. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> I I I'm hearing like like speed metal guitar Ooh. coming in like quiet at first and then really loud. <laughs>
0: You're describing yeah, er- yeah. one of every three podcasts, oh, yeah. which is perfect. I think that was the intro music for Bayesian Conspiracy for like two years.
3: It was something like that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, because
3: I, I pulled it off a website of free musics and I liked speed metal. So there we go. It was, it was supposed to be like a placeholder thing, right? Like we're going to use yeah. this for a few episodes until we find real music. And it took two years. Yeah.
2: Things i didn't even realize it changed at one point i thought yeah, i just like, used the same. i thought i had the same thing the entire time
0: I, if you're like me you just press you know the the 30 second skip button every time you start a podcast anyway so <laughs> <laughs> all right well. to,
3: when was it that we switched it was like you yeah, have two years in
0: at least we'll have to uh i think that's it then I've, I've got nothing else to add here guys this was a lot of fun and uh Oh, you know what? There is actually one really important piece of informa- or yeah, information to convey here. So we just finished 102. I think 103 and 104 and probably 105.
2: We're going all the way up to 105.
0: Le- well I I'm I'm, I'm I'm putting it to you to you and Inyash. Uh Oh, we get, no, we decide. get to decide. Yeah, you guys get to decide.
2: Mm. Power. Uh read the entire
4: mm, the Truth is section
1: short. <laughs> mm. 104 is long
3: yeah 104 is really long
0: but 105 is short don't you be skimming you not I'm not talking to you ludo I'm allowed I'm,
2: to, I'm
1: allowed to read now
0: you're not allowed to skip ahead
2: you're only I'm allowed to all read on the ones that are I'm going only looking to end at the three red.
1: the three chapters yeah I'm like skip the maybe 2 cuz I'm just I'm just looking at looking at pages I'm not reading anything
3: I think I think you'll have the something pretty big to talk about at the end of one o four, so maybe just stop right there.
0: April, your thoughts?
2: Yeah, I mean I given the content of the chapters, I think you'll have more to talk about um per like unit text than in other
0: episodes. Cool. That sounds fun. All right. Well, then, in that case, come back next week for chapters 103 and 104.
2: We're already at 104? Jeez. Excellent.
0: I know. I'm great. excited.
1: Yeah, how many? It's what, like 120 something? 122.
2: But yeah, I need because to wait then... for a, a week from Monday, not just until Monday. That's, because Monday yeah, is so going to be this episode. That's Aww. right. You guys get to feel the pain.
0: <laughs> yeah, we record yeah, the Tuesday after the episodes air, so we get like a six day lag time.
3: 108 is, I think, the longest chapter in the book. So you're going to want to do that one all on its own. So you can do 105 through 107 between those two. Yeah, I think 104 is a good break point.
0: I think uh, yeah, 86 that, is the longest chapter in the book. And then 78 is the oh, second is longest. And then, uh, but this is the longest chapter. That is the third longest chapter and the longest one in the rest of the book. So. But I think I remember that chapter just by the length. And you're right, that'll take a while. So um, that'll be fun.
2: It has a lot to talk about. Sure does. A lot of the coming up chapters have a lot to talk about.
0: So many things. All right, everybody. We'll see you back here next week, or if you're Inyash in April, in almost two weeks for chapters 103 and 104.
3: Thanks for having us on. It was really great. Yeah, this was great. I enjoyed thanks this for, a
0: lot. Thanks Thanks for coming on.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Brian, All it's right, on an episode unless you say bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. There Let's we go. My deep, my deep <laughs> voice. <laughs>